This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast, Episode 11, with Austin Yoakum and Greg Ebosher. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise, if you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with tr- if you can if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make it trap for fools, or watch things you gave your life to broken and stoop and building them up with worn out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of, of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss, if you can force your heart and nerve and snoo to serve your turn long after they're gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to hold on. If you can talk with crowns and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth a distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be the man, my son. So that's a poem titled If by Rudyard Kipling, who was born in 1865 in India, um, educated in England, and then moved home to India, married a woman from from Vermont, and then he was moved to America, and you guys, anybody will probably know him as the author of The Jungle Book or The Man Who Would Be King. The poem is about becoming a man. It's about becoming a man of virtue, of passion, of love, um, and following the way and the path, and kind of balancing the dichotomies that come along with being on the path, which leads into our guest today um, perfectly. Our guest today is a graduate of the University of St. Thomas. Um, he's a former teammate of Austin's on the UST track and field team, who's a jumper. Um, he's the owner of a clothing company called Be Who You Strive to Be. He's a musician, he's a rapper, he's a videographer and a photographer. He puts out all the Oakland Strength videos. He runs basketball player development camps. He's a coach for Dale South Track. He's a PE teacher, and if you couldn't tell, he's an absolute grinder um, with a burning passion for serving people. Um, And his name is Thomas Carell. Awesome to have you here, baby. Thank you. Um, One of the... Am I giving a little introduction about who I am? Um, I'm from Northeast Minneapolis. I went to Benilde St. Margaret's High School in St. Louis mm. Park. Um, probably should have gone to De La Salle, though, where I'm at now. <laughs> it's right down the block. Um, yeah, and then I ran track, did basketball, football, soccer in high school. Um, Never football. You said football? I did football, yeah. Oh, so I did, you're good, man. So I did fr- uh, soccer freshman, sophomore year, and then football junior, senior. Oh, okay. Track all four, basketball. Um, yeah, we'll actually get into that. I did basketball till junior year. And then that's when senior year football um, tore my ACL and meniscus. And that kind of, that is the, fits the theme of what we're diving into today, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, where I tore that up and then it totally changed my perspective of, um, 
my life sure and who I am and who I could be so um, yeah it's a little background about myself I love it so what what made you I always like wonder like what made you come to St. Thomas Uh, my I mean growing up you know basketball is my main thing Mm -hmm. since I was as little as you can think and I wanted to be in the NBA (laughs) so that was a big dream I used to always just draw basketball players I draw as well when I'm when I got some time but I used to draw basketball players um and what was I thinking about oh yeah so I've always I was like man I want to go to the NBA and then you get older and then you realize kind of what's realistic and I was like okay well I for sure want to be a collegiate um student athlete mm-hmm. and so when I got the opportunity and I heard from St. Thomas I was like I was just very humbled I was like man for real like this is cool I like a college wants me to come there and um, be a part of the team Mm-hmm. So, and I got that when I was a junior at BSM. So I was in Homer one day, and then I got this letter on my desk, and I was like, I just, I was like, St. Thomas, I was like, what's this? I opened it up, read it, I was like, dude, this is, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. Is this for track and field? Yeah, this is for track and field. So I was like, man, like that was, I got very excited about that because I was, it was unexpected, you know. Right. I, you know, I don't, I wasn't walking through the halls in high school like, yeah, I'm a big shot, I'm gonna go do this. Yeah. I was very like, wow, this is cool. And all your buddies, like, you got that letter on your desk, everyone's like. Whoa. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. what's that, man? So, and I think I had another girl in my home, I believe, yeah. and she, that I think she got one too, uh, from what I understand. But she actually went to go run at Xavier, oh, good wow. friend of mine. Um, so, yeah, that was the biggest thing. I was like, okay. So then I went and toured UST. I toured Hamlin, basically all the my ex schools, big my ex schools, um, and St. Thomas just stood out to me in terms of um, the campus size. Um, obviously, very nice. And then just knowing what the program was about, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to be about a program like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other the other places I went to, they just didn't feel like they fit. Um, For people who don't know, like, what's the US te- UST track team about? What what's the track program about? Like, what what do you mean? Just you success, say? man. I mean, it's they they stand by. We get the best people here, mm-hmm. like in the state, if they're not going D one, and. Um, we're about they're about winning and doing things the right way through hard work. So right. I was like, man, if I'm gonna be competing and practicing with some of the best people, like that'll push me as well. Mm-hmm. So that's just success. I would say the biggest thing is mm-hmm. what stood out to me. Um, so they set a really high bar for everybody, sure. and I wanted to be a part of that. Um, yeah, and the, the track team is is an interesting team here because a lot of it is like so. TG got the letter, but a lot of people on the track team aren't recruited to come to the track team, and a lot of it's it freshmen just come out yeah. uh, from other sports and that type of thing and then you get thrown into this like you said just success successful pool of like just talent yeah and like if you're not able to if you're not able to compete with that talent like you're kind of gone so you get brought up by this talent you know mm-hmm. like there's so many just beasts on this team that bring up your own talent level because you're competing with them every single day and that's a wake-up call too man yeah so you're in high school maybe you're the hot shot at your high school or maybe you're one of the best people on your team mm-hmm. and then you come here and you're with everybody that was the best on their team so you're going through warm-up or you're doing a workout and you're like man that dude's like way faster than me or you know he's like I only jumped I didn't even hit 21 in high school for like long jump and then I got we got dudes here jumping high 22s almost like some maybe even hit 23 and I'm like that hits you and you're going okay now that changes you as an athlete and how you're going to approach this whole program is everybody comes in as a freshman and they're like man like they want to be the person right they, they want to do like be a top dog mm-hmm. 
not for the sake of attention, but to be like, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to like do the best I can be. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that gives you a wake up call. And so, I mean, I would say it was a tough freshman year. I I gave indoor a go and I was coming off of my ACL meniscus stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do basketball senior year and I was actually going to quit because of politics. Honestly, it was, it was just, I was tired of that over where I was at. Um, it's just, it was messed up, kind of forced the, felt like you lost the love of playing the game when you were part of that program. That's kind of what happened. So I was going to quit, actually, and just train for track knowing I was going to St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just be ready for that. And then I tore my knee up playing football in the playoffs against De La Salle, where I'm at now. Amazing, man. <laughs> like, you don't even know how life's going to mess with you like that. And um, so then, then I, I obviously I couldn't do track. I was doing rehab and all that, so I got to the point where I could walk and run a little bit, but I still had a hitch in my run, so I wasn't like going to compete. See, in high school, so yeah, freshman year at St. Thomas was a uh, gave indoor a go, competed a little bit, and I was like, man, I'm not ready. I was still feeling a little pinch in my knee a little bit. Got it figured out, so I took outdoor off to like rehab in a way. And since then, everything was good, body was good, and then that whole that changed my whole perspective. Sophomore year was okay. Am I going to be the best jumper here? I just had to be real with myself. I was like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Does that mean I'm not going to try? No. I mean, I'm still going to give everything I got. Am I the fastest guy here? No. Am I still going to keep sprinting? Yes. Right? So it just changed my whole perspective of like, hey, I'm not going to be – you don't need to be the best person. I've always kind of been a friendly person, I guess. Like, I get along with who you are no matter who you are. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, in high school, I was kind of – I wasn't the popular – I wasn't the hotshot dude or with the crowd of cool people, quote-unquote, I guess. And then there's, like, the extreme on the other end, right? I was kind of in the middle. I, I like to get to know everybody. So I thought of that in the same way when I was here. It was like, hey, man, like, people look up to the best people usually, right? But usually the best people doesn't mean you're always a good leader. That was kind of my thing. It doesn't mean you're a good leader. You don't know how to communicate or just, like, treat people with respect just because they're not as good as you. Mm-hmm. So my whole approach was like, look, like I want to make sure everybody else coming in, if they're having a rough experience, like let them know, like it's all good, man. All that matters is like you're giving your best effort and making the most of every single thing you're doing here. Mm-hmm. That's what matters at the end of the day, because no one's gonna remember what you ran, how fast you ran it. In a way, right? You know what I'm saying? And right. they remember how you carried yourself. Yeah, that's right. And how you treated them. That's right. That's what that's what it comes down to. Right. At the end of the day, so. And leading by example. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, like, TG, like, I know he's going to try hard in this workout. He's going to lift me. He's going to do his best to lift me up. Mm-hmm. But he's not um, He's not the fast dude here. Right. He's with group three. Where there's three sprinting groups. One fastest, two second fastest. Third. He's leading group three. Mm-hmm. You know, And he's cool with that. He's mm-hmm. not going, man, I should be with group one. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know, I know my place, and I'm going to just try to make the most of that, man. Embracing that role. And I think track's (laughs) track's such a different sport because you can embrace your role, and it's not like embracing your role on the football team where Mm -hmm. you're not there because you can embrace your role and compete and still you help the team embracing your role in practice, but you can also help the team in these meets. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like a twofold uh, sport a little bit because you can embrace your role in practice, you bring all those people up, and then that in turn helps the team, but then you also compete on those mm-hmm. Saturday meets, you know, like exactly. it's not like nobody, there's no cutoff. Everybody competes. Yeah. So you get a twofold of embracing your role and really helping the team. Yep. Yeah. So it's like invites are the only times when it's like the top, the, the one. Or like I guess goes. the conference. Conference. The conference. Yeah. conference yeah. is the only time. 
Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Um, so you, like, I love how you said that, and I love how you made mention of like you lead from the front because it, when I was a freshman, I believe you were you were a junior, correct? Or you were maybe a sophomore. I think it was sophomore. Sophomore. I want to say sophomore. Yeah. So you graduated in 2017. Yep. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so you're a year older. And I remember I was having a rough time my first semester, and you and Duncan Dahl had become buddies through mm-hmm. indoor track. Yep. And I mean, I can, I can, I can affirm what you're saying. Like you led by example, and you, you were always a guy that was available to just talk and a friendly face. Like I, I struggled my freshman year um, for the better part of the year, and you always were a welcoming guy and a welcoming face and and a friend. Um, so I. I mean that's that's the truth, and you did you lived that. And I, I appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you started a little bit of a culture at St. Thomas and their track team, though, of like having that kind of be the feeling. You know, like when you go to track team, that like that that was one of the biggest reasons I stayed at St. Thomas is because of that track team feeling of like I went to practice, and when I went to practice at the football team, it was very much like it's cutthroat. Uh, cutthroat like you have to go, and like they're trying to be excellent. Um, and at the track practice, and again, it's different because you can embrace two roles. You can, even if you're not the starter, you can help. So it's not as competitive within the team itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to these practices, and I was able to like breathe a little bit and like relax with these people and talk to them and get to know them rather than trying to beat them out and take their spot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and that was a little bit of different like feeling. And that's like I got these track practices, and I'm like, okay, I I kind of like these like college sports like this is what it can be like mm-hmm. and it, you just gain confidence through there when you're able yep. to breathe and compete and like your teammates are building you up and you're building yourself up you know mm-hmm. I agree man I agree well, that's the biggest thing is getting so many layers to all this man but yeah sophomore year is definitely the perspective changer um, so what allowed you well. to like kind of I mean it's not an easy thing to do because you're you were a great athlete in high school. I mean, what what kind of switched in you? What was what made you? What kind of allowed you to accept where you're at? And you know, what was that? Like that inner peace, a little yeah. bit. How did you develop that? How did you cultivate that? Or, um, I would say any in terms of that, um, and really everything I do is having a very confident, strong sense of who I am, mm. and so that. That's something I've always had, I feel like. Um, I mean, I remember back in grade school, man, being in a grade school where I didn't care myself like everybody else in terms of, like, I was the third grade, fourth grade dude into hip-hop. <laughs> and everybody else was like, what is that? Or, like, so I would honestly, and it sounds really goofy, like, but I would get made fun of back then because I just had this obsession with hip-hop and really african-american culture i loved it mm-hmm. and um i wanted to be a part of that and just in the athletics too man the nba like everything i was like that's that's just real man i love it so i've always just embraced like i just loved i i embrace what i love you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so that carried over into high school and again in terms of my who i am as a personality and i wasn't i guess i wasn't afraid to show that sure. i wasn't gonna and my biggest thing and that carried over into college so um, I just think with like a strong having a strong sense of yourself, you're not worried about. You're not gonna let anybody else's opinions or what they like want you to be to like shift you. So and I got stories, man. I got stuff in my head like experiences I had here at St. Thomas, but 
Um, that's the biggest thing, dude. Is and I and again, I just like recently had a five-year class reunion for high school, wow. and I had some dudes. One of my like these are people I barely even. And again, I say I, anything I say, man. I'm never trying to ever put it in this like way where I'm boosting my ego. It's not like that. I'm just trying to let you. It's humbling hearing what people say, like what you mm-hmm. just told me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's all. I, like, if I can do that for you, like that, that's all I care about. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of had this strong sense of who I am. I feel like, and that carries over. Because um, you, you look at the big picture. The biggest thing is you look at the big picture, and at the end of the day, man, and as you like with what I do right now, it's all about serving people, man. So it's like. I just started to realize, and I, I came in here as a freshman, I guess the biggest thing, I came in here as a freshman, again, knowing who I was, mm-hmm. and I knew the college stereotype, and I hated it, you know what I'm saying, I hate that, because my whole thing is like, I don't get it, I don't get why people feel like they have, they feel like they have to mm-hmm. do something or be this certain way, mm-hmm. when they have a conscience and can make their own decisions, mm-hmm. but they're not making their own, they're letting everything around to make their decision they're letting the adults in their life joke with them about like hey you behaving like all this and it's like dude like i would get those jokes and i'm like you kidding me bro like yeah i, I i'm taking care of myself like but at the end of the day it was like i just i kept running into people that i feel like they didn't know themselves or their that self-consciousness really was big and so my thing was when i was a freshman i knew what i was about man i wasn't messing around with any of that it just didn't feel like me. That's my biggest thing is if it doesn't feel like me, I'm not about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit there and act like I, it, I am about it mm-hmm. just to make just to make you happy or fit in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess. And I think that's something that allows you to fit in with everybody, though. You know, like you talk exactly. about how it, it, you're not worried about fitting in, and that's almost what allows you to fit in, allows yeah. you to commu- communicate with everybody. You yeah. know, like I, TG's a dude that, like, there's not a person in this world that can't come up to you and, like, have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know yourself. You have that foundation of yourself built up to, like, you're not going to feel uneasy. You're not going to, like, yes. have that confidence to swing, like, because it's somebody new. It's somebody different. It's yeah. a different experience. You're yeah. in a different spot. Like, you own it because you own yourself. You know, like, you, you have your own life figured out to where it's not, like, when that added stressor, that added, like, thing comes onto you your your own foundation is built up enough to where it doesn't crumble and you're yeah. not nervous you're not like trying to be somebody else and I think people we talked yesterday about this is like people have a really good like bs meter you know like they can see if you're being real or not yeah and like yeah. when you talk to like when you talk to tg it's yeah it's, it's real like you know and that's why it's so easy to talk to you you know like it's you know you're talking to somebody that's real and like in turn that allows you to be more real like it allows you mm-hmm. to come out mm-hmm. and be yourself because he's being himself mm-hmm that's and there you go man that's the goal you know and my biggest thing is I think it I'll give you a quick example um I guess of an experience where I think it and this will come back to what led to this sophomore year role was um I mean when I was a freshman um you know the big um after winning conference you know people are going out to celebrate whatever so there's always the peer pressures of college man none of that stuff ever got to me and I wasn't gonna let it you know, and I think that was what surprised some people when they tried to get that to me mm-hmm. or tried to give that sort of pressure on me. And I didn't, they thought I was just going to fold in, right? Mm-hmm. And say, well, I'm, I guess so, because that's what, you know what I'm saying? That's what they want me to do. Right. But I fired back, man, with some, like, nah, man, I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. And the people were like, nah, man, like, you gotta, you gotta come do this. And I was like, no, man. 
I'm not doing that. Right. Like literally right in his face. And it was like, it was like, oh, okay. Like, it's like, yeah, bro. Like, I'm not going to shift who I am just to be a part of whatever you're trying to do, which is fake, in my opinion. It, 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 again, not, not fake. Team celebration is not fake. But doing something to, like, fit in with the crowd, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to. Sure. Um, so you can experience that. Um, and, but then, so my biggest thing was I know a lot of freshmen. And so I get sophomore year. I know a lot of freshmen go through these things, right? Where they feel like they have to do certain things um, to like have fun with their teammates, I guess, and stuff like that. So again, nothing wrong if you truly enjoy doing that. And now, if you came into college and you were about that life, then go ahead, by all means. You know what I mean? But my thing as a sophomore year was like, I get there's freshmen coming in here with not a strong sense of who they are, and I wanted to be like, if I can help you in any way or change your perspective of this whole experience. So you're not putting all this pressure on yourself in the beginning, whether it's athletic performance-wise, school-wise, or uh, anything outside of that, right? Mm-hmm. If I can, I guess it just came down, if I can somehow um, uplift in some way where you're not panicking or you're not feeling like you you belong here. Well, that, that's a, that's a thing, too, is like a lot of these kids, like, so you had your identity figured out enough when you came here. Like, yeah. a lot of people come into college to figure out who they are. Yeah. And that's where... People like you can either affect their life for the better and bring them down a path, but I've seen a lot of people where they get in with the wrong crowd or they hang out with the wrong people and they're still f- forming who they are, yeah. and that's when they go down the drinking, partying. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, that's where like, like as four years like without going to a party in college, like I, I've, I went through those yeah. like, just everybody's like so like almost angry at you, you know, and it's yeah. just because you're breaking a mold, like you're yeah, not yeah. doing what every single person is telling you to do. Exactly. And like, I just remember nights like, in the freshman dorm, every single like freshman was going out. I'm like, dude, that's not just not what I do. You know, yeah. it just wasn't about me. And like yeah. these people is, it wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't like something they're like, all right, cool. Like your space like, they're pissed that you're trying to break this yeah. mold. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this is where I think a lot of people like, I was, I, I, I wouldn't say I had my foundation figured. I was just so stubborn that I wasn't going to go out with them. That was my reasoning. Like mm-hmm. I just, I had my mind made up that I wasn't going to go out yeah, with them. But I think yeah. a lot of people that like, they don't have their foundation and they're not strong enough to say no. And then they, yeah that's where they get brought down that dark path. So that's where I think a lot of people need yeah. a, a better light, you know, like a better something to bring them down the opposite path when mm-hmm. they can. Yeah. That's exactly. No, it's a great way to put it, man. Strong enough to say no. I also think too, if like people you're around and they're pressuring you and you're saying no, like you are, you're for sure making the right decision then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you had any doubt about why you, don't want to do something and someone is pressuring you and pressuring you and pressuring you it's like I think that that would just convict just convict me in my own life ever more because it's like well they just want me to do this because they want me to fit in like and they yeah. want the, they want status quo and yeah they want to feel good about what they're doing it's like that's not you know you were right like you're right in holding out there's something there there's a greater reason why you're holding out there's a greater reason why you're not doing something it's yeah. I think yeah you're, you're spot on with that no, I pre- and I love hearing your guys is you're both saying it in a different way, but at the mm-hmm. same time, kind of comes together. So that no, exactly, man. So yeah, that's kind of I guess what led to that role. And um, at the end of the day, it just came down to this is about people, man, and this is about having a good time and and on the track and experience with each other. Sure, that's what, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm my best, my favorite times here were when the track team just hung out. 
you know, not in a party setting necessarily, just simply spend time, Mm -hmm. whether you're going to grab a bite um, or just watching the Super Bowl, stuff like that, where I enjoyed that, you know, and we all really enjoyed being with each other um, more than just being at practice um, and whatnot. So that was that was what I wanted to be about is having a good time with people that matter around you um, that you enjoy being around. And then trying your best. Like, if you're leaving everything out there every single time, you have nothing to be like, man, like, ashamed about. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's what it came up to be all about, man. Just perspective, dude. Perspective. You know? So perspective. One thing that you have a unique perspective on, again, is, like, African culture. And yeah. then a part of that, you said, you made mention this earlier, your hip-hop music. So, mm-hmm. I want to talk about that. Because <laughs> I, I love music. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I'm not... I have a ton of respect for hip hop. It's definitely not my favorite genre of mm-hmm. music, but I love um, what it offers. The good hip hop because there's a lot of crappy. No, there's some. Yeah, these days there's. there's yeah, the, yeah, it's not. But so very impressive. What is so? Where'd that? Where'd that come from? Like, where do you think? What do you think drew it to you when you were younger? I think this is hilarious, but my older sister likes to take credit for who I've become. <laughs> because she was into Destiny's Child growing up. So, you know, I had two older sisters, so, um, yeah, she was into that. And then, I guess from as far back as I can remember, we got some home videos of it, but like we used to have the, you know, the Now CDs when they were just getting going. And uh, I I loved all the styles, man, whether it was rock and all that, but um, the hip hop really stood out to me. Again, this is like pretty funny to talk about, but I don't remember how young I was, Mm -hmm. but I remember trying to recite the lyrics of like songs probably not appropriate for my age but I didn't know I just knew the beat and I was just trying to say the words yeah. um, and then when I was in fourth yeah so like I guess fourth grade is my most fond um, like clear memory of when things started to kind of become familiar um, but yeah fourth grade my sister bought me Mario singer Mario um, I don't know if you can recall any of his songs Mario I can hear your heart crying over, and then how do I breathe? So that's <laughs> that's Mario. Um, so she got, she's like, yeah. I remember she like brought it in for Christmas, and she was like, hey, I got this CD for you. And she's like, I don't really know who he is, but it, like, look good. <laughs> and, uh, so, and then I got that. And I opened it up. I loved it. It was R and B. So I guess you could say I got started like listening to R and B first mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then um, then my first album I ever bought. Again, so yeah, I guess I guess the Destiny Child being around that. And then the Now CDs with hip hop, and I just loved it. Yeah. And then arm, so I caught on to Mario when I was in like fourth grade. And then that was back when Outkast was big. Oh yeah, yeah they're so good. I loved Outkast. Like again, I would draw under. Like I just loved Andre 3000. Like those are my guys, dude. And like I remember just trying to rap them in like third, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, my AIM. What is that? What you call it? Yeah. AIM. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my username was Outkast 3000. <laughs> <laughs> um, like those are my and I think like my profile picture was um, Andre 3000 so, so when did you start when did you start transitioning from listening to okay. making listening to making music yes. yeah and I'm interested in this too is like where does this like artistic ability in you come from because like and not even just with the music but you are able to see and like formulate like beats True. rhythms yes. art yeah. uh, like so when video. we vi- like that's then that's what I was breaking yeah. down so when we had this video shoot we were doing 
he was you could see him formulate what this was going to look like and what basically he wanted his painting of this video to look you know like mm -hmm. oh, a painter's trying to paint he was trying to make this video of depth and light and everything coming in and being as realistic as possible and like mm -hmm. you can see it click in your brain and like when you start doing beads like you can see your body yeah. like where does that come from yeah i mean i i guess when it i mean you think about anything anything really where we're at now and being in education is all early childhood development so, um, I just remember, I mean, my mom used to draw, so my mom could draw, and my mom was athletic. So, I mean, I give credit to my mom for that, those things. My dad's a great guy. <laughs> but, um, and then, yeah, my mom can sing a little bit, but again, I, I, we'll get to that whole thing. But I guess, yeah, so I, I was drawing when I was little. Um, I was listening to all kinds of music, but hip-hop and R&B really stood out to me, and I love that sound. Um, and then I was in, I started, I did hip-hop tap, I think, when I was in third grade. Dancing? Dance. dance. Oh, wow. And then I did, I tried to do, like, a hip-hop class in, like, sixth grade. But I was so shy that I didn't want to like dance like that in front of people back then. It was just weird in like a studio setting with a bunch of people trying to like learn moves in front of a mirror. Mm. That wasn't really my vibe. I've always been very. I I learned my dancing through movies. Like so, I don't I don't know if you've ever um, heard of You Got Served. That's a hip hop battle dance movie. Freaking dude, that's a whole new story, man. And then Stop the Yard. You guys probably heard of that more recent than that. But so I learned. Yeah, so basically doing stuff through my childhood. So just doing hip hop dance, um, listening to hip hop when I was young. I bought my first my first rap album I ever bought was um, Ludacris, mm. <laughs> Red Light District. Let's go <laughs> in fourth grade. So my parents probably like Red Light. My dad's like, "Do you even know what the Red Light District?" I was like, "No, man," I don't, but I didn't care. Dude, I love that Get Back. Yeah, that was that song. was when Get Back was out. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Get Back, Get Back, y'all know me like yeah. So. Ludacris was my f first rapper. Him and Bow Wow were my first rappers that I vibed with, man. Like, I, like, loved them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Ludacris was, like, the real deal, man. Like, that was his prime time. That was. And so, I mean, I what's crazy is I can throw a Ludacris song on from that album, and I'll be driving, I can recite every lyric, because that was, like, what I was listening to back then. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to Walmart with my aunt, buying the clean version of the album. <laughs> not, not even the actual, like... I had to buy the clean version of the physical CD because I was in fourth grade and I, and she was in I don't think I was I think like back then you had to be like 18 to buy that so I only could buy the clean version of it so I bought that and yeah man it was I, I still remember that driving in the car doing that um, and so yeah that was when I, I didn't start really making music by myself until um, I mean I was, I was in the band at junior high but that's pretty normal I was doing saxophone but I didn't start like making it on the computer and messing around with that until like eighth grade, I want to say. Eighth grade. Yeah, I would say that's when it started to like subtly make its way in, but then it started to become real like so sophomore. You, when you say that, you started playing with uh, programs like GarageBand and yeah. whatnot on on your computer. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if I'm skipping anything here. So fourth grade was when I started doing all that. Sixth grade did a little hip hop class. Um, yeah. So I had a buddy. So when I was in junior high at BSM, we had, I left St. Charles in sixth grade, and then I went to BSM junior high. But we had MacBooks, when the MacBooks like first came out or whatever. Um, and so everybody loved Photoshop and whatever, iMovie, thought mm -hmm. it was cool, GarageBand. 
but my buddy who I still was friends with from my old school, I would go to his house and I would try to, I was, I was like, oh, garage man's cool, man. And I would just mess around on there. Um, and we'd make videos. But, you know, man, I, I think at some point everybody's made some sort of goofy video with their buddies, sure. right? So like we would do that. Um, and then it started to turn into like remaking music videos. So like we did a kind of parody of like <laughs> remaking Kiss Kiss by Chris Brown and T-Pain. <laughs> Whole whole bit, man. Like I'm telling you, I was probably like, we gotta do, you know. No way. So we made that. Is that video available anywhere? I believe it's still on Facebook. And again, now this is what's funny too. Is like, I would do these things, man, in junior high, and then I started make. Then I started doing more. Like my summers consisted of playing sports, and then I'd bring a buddy over, and um, I said, bro, we gotta do this like Drake song. We'd remake, we'd remake a video like my brother or my buddy would rap Lil Wayne's part, and I'd rap Drake's part, or like lip sync it, but we'd make a music video, or I'd do it by myself. So that was the thing too, is I started to do this stuff by myself. Um, but let, we'll rewind a little bit. So basically teaching the dance, the dance stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I would, this, let's, this, this is um, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I would watch You Got Served and just rewatch the dance scenes, the, the, the intro scene and the last scene. That's, and I tell people that's my whole arsenal of moves. It's from, <laughs> I'm like, dude, everything I got is from You Got Served, intro scene, okay. and these dance battles. But I would literally, man, summertime, I remember my basement wasn't finished, not so recently, but cement floor, bricks on the wall, you know. And we had this, like, boat. We had, this, like, this old surround sound system. And I would just blast it, bro. I'd freaking blast. <laughs> and I just remember I, the song coming on, and I just felt so hyped. And I'd watch this. I'd watch the movie, and I would try to mimic everything I was seeing. Um, and I would, I, would, I would be hanging out with my friends in the summer and be like, guys, I got to show you this. So my friends would sit on the couch, and I would show them. Wow, me do it. I know. I was like, I was like, guys. I don't. And again, I don't know why I did that, but I was just so hyped about it. And I was yeah. like, you got to check this out, man. Like, and I would, I would go to a family friend's house and do the same thing. I'd put the movie on, and I. She's like, I remember. I, she was so tell me she'd be like, I still remember you dancing in my basement. Like you got served, because I just like, wanted to do it. Um, so I used to do that. Did so you I, crush at middle school dances then? I well, I'm trying to think. At junior, at BSM, yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was a, me and my buddy Alex. Alex, he's a no no offense, Al. Al's a decent dancer, <laughs> but like that was like some day. That was when like Soldier Boy was hot and those like yeah. those trendy dances were hot. So at the junior high dances, like everybody was like Thomas Alex, like clear out, and we would we would always know the right <laughs> stuff. So we went we went crazy in the junior high dances, but yeah. So I guess it all started with drawing. When I was young, I would I, I like to draw. I draw my favorite NBA players, Allen Iverson, LeBron. I always drew my favorite players. I love drawing dudes with cornrows and froze. <laughs> like, I loved it. And then I got into dance. That's where the music started. Dabble a little bit and getting albums, and then Bow Wow and whatnot. So huge influence, middle school. Um, yeah, man. And then, um, then the technology came into play sure. in junior high, and that's when I started messing around on GarageBand and stuff, um, and making videos. And again, when I said I made them by myself. That was kind of a challenge I set for myself. So, like, I would say maybe ninth grade. It was probably ninth grade. Ninth, tenth grade when Drake came out with Thank Me Later. Um, but I, I would have my laptop, so I got my MacBook. And again, my mom, my mom would get mad at me at this. She'd be like, dude, like, do, like, go do something. You're just on your computer right now. I'm like, mom, like, I just got to make this. Same thing I do now, right? Yeah. But you'd never know. Yeah. But I would, I would watch Drake's video for over. And I was like, and I would use the laptop to put it at the same angles they did for the music video. Obviously, they're <laughs> filming a high-budget bu music video, but I'd film it, and I would do, like, the painting and all about myself, but, like, while rapping it. 
and then I would set it in spots and find parts of like my around my house and neighborhood that looked like the video and I would try to get the same outfits on and then I would do the editing on iMovie this is back I was just using iMovie um, to get the same coloring effects that were coming into the play so like in his music video he's sitting on a bed and they have a projector of just different things flying at him but I would go in and mess with the lighting and all that. I believe that's still on Facebook. <laughs> I have deleted about five off Facebook because my mom like wanted me to. She's like, Thomas, like people can't see you doing this. I'm like, it's not even bad. It's just funny. Like it was purely like what I would I, I would do serious, and then I would start doing comedy ones. Yeah. So like Mario, how do I breathe? Yeah. I would be at my buddy. I'd go to Alex's in the summer and be like, ah, oh, I gotta make this real quick, bro and make this video at his house <laughs> with like a freaking like lip syncing to Mario, like an R&B song, but making a music video out of it. So that's that, yeah, I'm telling you, man, like I am literally just a grown up version of who I was when I was younger. It's amazing. But it just, I guess it just took time to turn into what right. it is now. That's, uh, you know what I'm saying? To, not to interject. You're I'm good, man. I'm gonna interject, cause it's, cause it, you're doing all these same things, but at a, at a, at a professional level now. I mean, you like, could say that getting there getting, yeah getting yeah. to a professional level, yeah right yeah i mean you're not world famous rapper by any stretch yeah. of the imagination but you're very good i mean you're not a world-class dancer by any stretch of the imagination but you're better like yeah. your your video production is really good you know and it's really cool to see like how you've been able to carry those what those things have manifested into yeah. now yeah you know you stay true to yourself through that i appreciate well, I, it, I think that goes to the point of like you weren't in the mold and you weren't what yes. was cool like back in the day but you just stayed on your path knowing like that path is going to be so much better than trying to just mm-hmm. being a chameleon and like switching to what the mold is at that yeah. time you yeah. know right. and now people are starting to realize that what's cool now and like what the mold is is basically breaking that mold you know and being real and yeah. being yourself you know like those are the big people right now is the people that are themselves because yeah. nobody is themselves yeah and i think that's exactly something that like something that's gonna allow everything that you do to take off is because people realize it's real and real isn't real anymore you know like there's yeah. nothing that's not there anymore mm-hmm. exactly dude and that's the thing no oh, that's a whole other thing is like people trying to like convince themselves yeah it's just a whole new identity crisis thing where people are just trying to figure out where they are so i'm just acting a certain way to think that's who they are but that's not really not who they are you know what i'm saying that's a whole new thing but that's kind of like something i want to get into with you though is like yeah how well you know yourself you know like how well you know that yourself and your foundation like people I, I we talk about this all the time is like people see you as tg that like knows himself and like they kind of think to themselves like i can never be like that like i yeah. can never have that self-confidence i can never really know myself like tg knows myself i can never put myself out there like uh-huh. tg puts himself out there you know like what was the process to get there like how how did this all start and like where were were there points ever where you didn't know yourself and like you had to yeah. come out of something right. to become who you are now or right. a really a dark point to where you like realize this like I'm not I'm not trying to be like this is just who I am you know like and this is how I'm gonna grow and this is how I'm gonna go forward in my life and this is my why mm-hmm. um I guess yeah I guess that goes back to grade school too um yeah we're I don't want to say I was bullied, man. Maybe it was, but I have fond memories of um, people saying stuff to me like when I was, again, dressing the way I dressed. Like, I wasn't, like, sagging or anything, man. Like, I just had, really what it came down to is I had big headphones, bro. I had big headphones and a CD player on, bro. <laughs> like, 
I remember like being on the playground with my headphones on, like trying to play football before school with my buddies. So like, I just, it's just gonna sound really dumb, but like back then, like again, this is the whole state, this is the whole mindset of a, I would say, narrow-minded, not educated yet white kid. The kids would like sit there and say like, I'm not black. Like I'd say this, and like, do I take offense to that? I don't know. I didn't really know to take that, but I'd, you know, because I, but I told you about the culture, right? Mm-hmm. I loved hip hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? I loved basketball, and the way I kind of carried myself was like about that. You know what I'm saying? And hip hop to me is all about confidence, um, and realness. Like that's really what hip hop is to me, man, and that's why I just love it so much. Because I'm like, they just t- they tell it how it is. It's a beautiful and it's hyped. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, back then, that's what people would say to me. They'd say stuff like that. They'd be like, stop, dude. Or, like, well, why? They would question me, like, why do you, why do you do this? Or why do you, and you're just kind of like, I don't know. I, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like this feels like me. You know what I mean? So, I guess that's where it stems from, is where, just as a kid, again, what I enjoy. I enjoyed hip hop. I enjoyed all that stuff, man. Um, and I wasn't, I just kind of molded into that. Um, I guess that um, visual of who I was. So I, I, I can relate to that point of um, I was a kid that wore uh, Yu-Gi-Oh shirts up until like seven yeah. and eight. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon shirts and like yeah. And again, it was more so just like, like you said, like I liked Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Yeah. And like everybody was like pissed that I was wearing these shirts. Yeah. Like, like grow up, like get out. Exactly, of man. I was like, why? Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like everybody's wearing the same fucking effing American Eagle shirt, you know, yeah. like they're wearing the same thing and like, yeah, that's right, bro. You know, like, amen. Dude, I, I literally, and that was in like 50 cent was big and stuff too. Um, like I had G unit clothes, man. Why? <laughs> because gorilla unit. And I was like, that's my last name. That's cool. There's it spelled a little different, but I was like, that's cool. That's the last one. <laughs> yeah. So I went and got G unit gear, man. Like I, I just thought it was cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, it fits my name and, and 50 cent hip hop, whatever. So, yeah, I guess it stems from that, man. And um, I guess the goofiness, like I've always just, I guess I've kind of had a personality. I like to make people laugh, um, you know? And if I think it's funny, I guess, or if I think my idea is funny, then I'm like, dude, this could be funny. Like, And I get other people to crack up a little bit, then I'm like, let's get it out there. So I guess the biggest thing is if you think something is funny or you enjoy that, um, then just get it out there. That was my thing. But that's the thing. You, some people try to post stuff now, and it's not funny. <laughs> like, but it depends on who it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's like what what's there. Like I think a lot of times, like if you actually think something's funny, you think something's entertaining, you yeah. think something has value, and you put it out there because of that. That's when people are gonna like see like that's funny. That yeah, has value, yeah, yeah. That's entertaining. Yeah. When people try to put something out there, trying to make something funny. Yeah. Trying to make something that has value, you know, like trying to post something that's entertaining. Yeah. I think that's when people like a lot of time they're like. That's a great way to put it. This isn't yeah. what it is. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So you, so you went through the earlier part of your life, and you were yeah. when you were a kid, and you felt like you didn't fit in really. That was. Boom. And, and that's you, why I left after sixth grade, yeah. especially in that community. I was like, I feel like I don't. And again, I, think about your brain now and then where it was at when you were in sixth grade or fifth grade. Right? 
Oh, Maybe I was playing victim. I don't know. I was in a bad place. I don't know. I was an absolute terror of a kid. But no, exactly. See what I'm saying? Like, right. I you I remember things and how I behaved, mm-hmm. but I don't remember if I was like looking at myself as a sixth grader now. I'm like, I don't think I was like a terrible kid trying to. I wasn't like being mean. To mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I definitely had this feeling of like I didn't belong here. Mm-hmm. You know, I had people. I had people shoot. Like, I know people that went here that I went to grade school with. And how they, again, it was that mix of people like, I felt like they looked up to you because they're like, dude, this guy's, he's different. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. if the crowd was coming at you in a certain way, like they weren't, they were going to jump on that, mm-hmm. right? Of like, why are you doing this, man? Or like, well, they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You just, again, sometimes I don't have words for things, but I was like, I don't know. I let's just feel it. You just feel it. I like who you want and what you like. So, um, yeah, that was the biggest. I didn't feel right. like I belonged there. I sat, and then I was like, well, I'm going to this high school anyway. Might as well get into the junior high. Sure. Um, and, again, not that that place was, like, this super diverse environment either. Yeah. But even there, I was like, it didn't matter. Right. Like, I know it's a new start. Like, I guess getting out of that other community, and I like I like being there. And, again, I just and I like being myself. So, yeah. One, one thing I want to – dive kind of deep into with this like your, your confidence and like your ability to be yourself when you you, you brought up that ACL and yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know this is like a lot of times this is especially as an athlete like mm-hmm. this is something that really like changes like everything like when you have something you have a, a little bit of an identity as an athlete you yeah. have something like that and it's taken away from you this is where it messes up like a lot of people yeah how was that process for you oh yeah yeah, this is fun, man, because we're going from, like, the artistic world and then the athletic world, I guess. But, again, all the worlds I'm involved in are cohesive. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's where BU Strive to Be came into play. So, anyway, yeah, the ACL thing, man, um, big playoff game at DLSL High School. Um, that, was a, that was a crazy game. What position were you? I was running back. Running back. So, Stud athlete, baby. Appreciate it, man. Played, yeah, I started playing junior year, and um, all the seniors took up all the offensive positions. You know, we had a lot of bodies, and then we had actually had a new coach, and he saw me in line doing routes, or I don't even know what we were doing, man, but he, he noticed what I was doing during summer, whatever, mm-hmm. and he goes, you, he's like, come here. Um, and he goes, I want you to come with me and be a, uh, a linebacker. Because he was kind of like, I think he just saw that I was capable of doing things, but I wasn't on this offensive role mm-hmm. because of spots being filled. Like, I want to play running back, dude. Yeah. But we already had like three or four, and these guys weren't going to give me reps. Mm-hmm. They look at me like, nah, bro, like, you're not, you know, like, I'm getting my reps. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So Mel took me over and made me, made me the starting weak side linebacker, and he, mainly because he wanted me to play more coverage but not be a cornerback. I wish I was corner, though, too, man. I could do that. But basically because I had hands in – um, could anticipate well, right? So see things before they actually happen um, and react well. So, yeah, he put me there, man, basically to be another DB. Um, and then, yeah, senior year became running back. So, yeah, um, big game, De La Salle, really early in the game. A couple plays, didn't really go anywhere, and then a few t- plays later um, went right. I don't remember what the play was, but it was just like a simple handoff, buck sweep, something like that. And so I was following my, like, pulling guard. But as soon as I was turning up to go upfield, um, basically just sweeping around like this, 
as soon as I turned my head left, safety was right there, and then speared me right in the side of the knee. So he, I think he had a cast on, and I don't know, if, no excuse anyway, but it didn't wrap. But his first instinct was dive right at his legs. So I got helmet to the knee. That That's what really hurt. Mm-hmm. And I saw a smack in the ground. I was like, ah, man, that hurt, hurt. So I just limped off. You know, it was an intense game, like next play, running back, get in, right? So I just limped off the field, and I was trainer checked it out, was giving me the whole test and all that. And then um, he said another one. Like, he said I was good to go. Mm-hmm. So he, like, wrapped it up. Um, and he's like, so he's basically like, if you want to go back in, like, it's, it's up to you. And I was like, well, what the heck, man? So I was doing cuts on it, and I was like, hey, it feels all right. I can do some cuts. Um, I felt a little constrained, I think, with the wrap around there, too. It just felt weird. And then I was like, when I walk, I kind of felt when I put my heel down that slight hyperextension. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was already partially torn. I didn't even know. So I, I, I went up to my running back coach, and I said, hey, man, I said, I'm good to go, but, like, don't give me the ball. If I go back in, like, don't give me the ball right away. I want to feel it out. I just want to see how my leg feels. First play, I go back in, they give me the ball. I'm like, again, knuckleheads, bro. Like, I'm telling you, man, no thought, train of thought here. So they did this play where basically the quarterback hikes, does a rollout, um, basically play action, but I'm just kind of still just chilling here, and he right. sneaks it in, and I go the opposite way. So I get it, and then I start running up the right side of the field. And then I see the safe, the my wide out was trying to block for me, and then I saw the safety in corner kind of start to close in on me. And so I tried to, like, juke and make a cut, and my knee just gave out. I felt my knee just give out. And then I felt the pop, and then I just fell over. And then the dudes, like, fell on me. And they're like, yeah, boy, you saw, boy. Like, like, like you felt like they thought I was falling on purpose to avoid getting hit. And I was like, nah, bro, my knee just gave out, but okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Never forget, baby. <laughs> like, and so I was, like, rolling on my back, and I was just holding my leg. And I was like, I just want to see if I could bend it. Um, so, yeah, and I was crying and swearing and all that. And it's crazy because the trainer that was there is the trainer there now still. And I started coaching track at D last year, and she remembers it. She's like, oh, she goes, yeah, I still remember that. Like, So I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy. Like, the same field and place that I got hurt on, like, that the, the night that changed my life is now where I'm coaching, and I freaking love it. Mm. Just that community. I coach basketball there, coach track there. I was working there a little bit too in the fall while waiting for basketball season, but, like, Love that community, dude. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the the school I went to was their rival. So BSM is like a mm-hmm. historic rivalry with the sure. um, Christian brothers. So, yeah, the whole so that night happened, <laughs> and then got crutches, and I was like somewhat kind of walking on it too. I was like, what? I don't know, I don't know what I was doing, man. I had a girlfriend at the time. She was in college. <laughs> she she was. I'm making it sound like I was a, like senior yeah. high school. Yeah. No, she was a great person. She was a freshman at Carleton. Um, and, yeah, like, the next – like, we had plans to, like, hang out the next day or something like that. And I was like, no, nah, it's good. Like, I'll come. Like, I'll still come. So my knee is absolutely ballooned. Can't even walk on that thing, bro. And I drive to Carleton. <laughs> <laughs> I get out, and I'm, like, freaking, like, crying. I'm like, dude, my freaking – like, I can't. This sucks. So, anyway, I did that. Hung out with her. That was a freaking joke. Just because, like, my knee – and then I went home, and then I was sitting on the couch. My, I was laying again. So I tore my meniscus. I bucket handle tore it, and then um, tore my ACL. So my knee was I couldn't fully straighten it because of um, the ACL, and then I couldn't bend it that ninety beyond and whatnot. I mean, because the bucket handle tear. So it was kind of stuck here, and then if I did try to bend it, 
it felt it felt like this balloon pressure where like if I kept bending it something was gonna pop so it was this really it was stiff and um, painful it was just weird man my sister came down and was like hey I want to come and check out your legs how are you doing she's like oh my god Tom it's like what is it? like that's that's just not like good I'm like yeah, yeah I know I know I know I understand and I'm over here like googling like meniscus tear symptoms all this stuff and I'm like yeah it's probably more than that so then I went and got it checked out at Trio ACL tear mom starts crying the lady that said it, she was a mom of a student at our school. Like, I knew the family, so she's a super great lady, great trainer. She probably should have checked out my knee, not the other dude, but it's all good, man, because now we're here. So, um, yeah, my mom started crying, and then I was like, all right, when can I get this rehab going? Let's get right, man. That was my first thing I said. I wasn't, like, getting sad. I saw the pictures, and I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's get started next week. Um so yeah, the whole thing it changed my perspective, man. I mean, it came down to anytime everybody asks me, and they're like, I bring it up, right? I don't run around and go, hey, guys, so guess what? Like, that's what, no. If it comes up in conversation, it's people go, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, you know? And I'm like, you know what? Actually, like, I'm cool with it because it totally it changed who I was. I said, number one, as from an athletic standpoint, I said, I'm not strong enough. Basically, that was my state of mind. Is I'm not strong enough. I gotta be better. Maybe I put myself in a position where I could have avoided that. If I was stronger, if I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. More well aware of like my body. So I told myself that I need to be better than what I was as an athlete. Um, and then it just puts your whole perspective in terms of going through that rehab process. It's freaking grind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mental grind, physical grind. Mm-hmm. Test your patience. But there's like, you're sitting there telling yourself, I'm going to be better when I get out of this. As soon as like, I can walk and all this, I'm going to get training. This is never happening again because I'm going to be stronger than what I was. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole state of mind. Um, and, yeah, it changes your perspective just in life um, in terms of being a better person, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, look at the big picture. I just busted my knee up. Who knows how that's going to change my path? Um, but when I went through that rehab process at TRIA and they were working with that, like helping us athletes get back to play, I was like, man, this is pretty cool like going through this like having people help me get back to where I need to be to get back on the field and court and whatnot and I was like I want to do this I want to help athletes do this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like injury change perspective be better than what I was before going through the rehab process um enjoying it Mm -hmm. it was fun you know not getting I get that it was right. it was fun seeing yourself yeah. grow yep. and get and progress, right? Yeah, process is brutal. Exactly, process is terrible. Exactly, and then, but the seeing yourself grow is great. And then be like, man, I think I want to do this. I think I want to help athletes. Yeah. So that's where the whole career came into mind. And then my mom was already a PT aide, um, so she was at the hospital her whole life, basically working and just in the physical therapy area. Um, and so I was like shadowing there, just checking it out, seeing if I liked it, talking to PTs. I wanted to go that route you know talking about helping old people and stuff and just the grind even get to PT school all this and I was just like oh, yeah. so it all just came up like went to St. Thomas all this it all kind of came around and then I was like yeah so it all started and then I started volunteering at TRIA so I got hurt went through all that and then I was like man I got to get experience here so then I just started to be a, I started to be a volunteer at TRIA and I don't know when that was I want to say maybe early on in college mm-hmm. maybe transition high school to college just a volunteer man cleaning up the areas yeah. Um, stuff like that. Um, so I'd go, I'd go work at Skyhawks camp, like a coaching camp, and then at, at night, at Monday, on Monday nights or Wednesday nights, I think both maybe, I'd go out to Tree in Bloomington and volunteer there for four hours. 
um, and just hop out there, man. But again, just being in that environment, um, little things like that. That's my. I guess that's the other thing too. Is I've always seen little. Maybe like they don't seem like a big deal to people, but I've just seen it. I just look at it as, a, as an opportunity, mm-hmm. and that was just driven by my parents. It's like, dude, you got to do this. Like, you need to do this. Like, you got to work. Do blah, blah, blah. That's the only way you're gonna figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess appreciate where you're at. Like, I don't remember being there wiping down like a table or whatever, being like, oh, I want to go home. Like, yeah, I was probably hungry, but like, and I no nothing. There was never thought in my mind going, I'm not getting paid right now. I'm pissed. Right. That never crossed my like me recalling it now. That never crossed my mind. It was just I got to go to Tria. I'm gonna volunteer there for four hours. Yeah, it sounds like like you were where you needed to be, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I was like, I need these hours. You know, I need and these are good hours, and I enjoy being here. You know, it was cool, and I and I got to know um, patients. You know what I'm saying? Like get to know them, and then get to know the other people I was working with. And again, they're probably gonna be like, here's a young little ambitious volunteer dude but like again that's experience you just don't know what it's going to take you so yeah, yeah that's kind of where it went man athletically be better than what you were and then life wise career wise I want to I want to help people so yeah. they don't have to go through this experience I'm going through right so now. now so now are you is your ultimate goal to get into physical therapy school? no no you don't. Uh, that, yeah that was my question is like what was what made your transition from PT and like working with injured athletes to now working with children and like that's your thing um, I think the whole PT route was just so intimidating for me in a way where not again and it sounds funny because like I'm not like self-doubting myself but at the same time I was trying to be realistic mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a difference between like and really what I wanted mm. so I was just like am I going to go through this whole like PT school process and then get in this PT environment and like again I may, would I love to help an old lady like walk on upstairs again that's just an example, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I hear a lot of is like, it depends on what route you want to go PT. There's probably different routes. I was like, do I want to do that? And go through all the schooling and all the, and, and schooling wise too, like I had classes with you, Austin, man. Like I would say I was a, I was like an average, I always saw myself as an average student, not like a genius. And I thought like PT was always like, this is genius level stuff, man. You know? And so that was like intimidating to me. Um, but college did change me as a student as well. Like I was always an AP student in high school, you know, decent. I wasn't amazing, but I wasn't slacking off. You know, I did my best. And then college, I, I set this different bar for myself. I was like, look, and I loved what I was learning. So I was like, man, I love what I'm learning, and I want to. I'm gonna get all A's, baby. Let's go. And I set that bar for myself, and like I was like, I gotta do anything I can do to make that happen. Not that grades are all everything, no. but it was that kind of like hey, set this goal, let's make it happen. And it happened, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, the, I guess the PT thing was just, it didn't feel like something I was going to go be excited about doing. Sports were just like my thing, like, mm-hmm. and being around youth. I started working around youth when I was like nine in ninth grade. Sure. Started volunteering at like camps mm-hmm. over in the city near the U of M. And yeah, that's, and then I look back at my whole picture, I'm like, I've always kind of always worked with youth without even realizing it. So just using my network and resources and jumping on opportunities that maybe at the time weren't massive and sure. crazy, but like lead to where you are now. So yeah, so so then you went, so we have the injury, Yep. overcome the injury, Yep. leads you to think about, I mean, amongst other things, leads you to think you're going to go through physical therapy school. Mm-hmm. No, 
so then now it's where we're at now, right? It's like you've yeah. gone through all this, and now where, where does that put you? So you got the clothing company. Yeah. So what, what was that? So how did you start that? Where'd that come from? Um. Yeah. So I guess went through school at St. Thomas here, got a health promotion degree. So I was going through like my four. That's the other thing too. So I was going through my four-year plan, and um, I was originally um, exercise science. Mm -hmm. And I think with, again, maybe a vision in mind early on to go to PT and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then I just saw what I still needed to, like, test into. And it was like, like, they were, like, they were almost saying, like, dude, this will take forever and you won't have a life. And it's going to be, like, this many classes, you're going to have to do all this stuff, like, crazy and I'm sure, like, people that have gone extra science went this route and it worked out, man. But, like, for me, I was like, dang, it's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if I could handle it. I was like, I haven't even taken this math in high school. Like, how am I going to, like, do all this? Like, this is way over my head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, then they're like, here's here's health promotion. Tanya, she's freaking awesome. She was at the position at the time. She's like, here's health promotion. She's like, you're basically doing all the extra science courses um, with a little bit of business in there. You know, no physics, no calculus. The two that are just not, like, your strong points, I would say. Yeah. And I was like, I totally agree. I was like, let's go. Yeah. Again, not trying to take the easy way out. I was just trying to be, like, what's realistic with what I'm kind of trying to go towards, sure. I guess? Yes. And, like, being efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we went that route, dude. And then, um, so when I was a junior, I want to say spring junior year. You know, I was, I was starting to figure things out. I was like, okay, what do I want to do, man? Um, and then I, the idea came to mind. I was like, I want to train basketball players. So I knew I wanted to train athletes, so I was I was interning at Velocity Sports Performance that summer um, before senior year. Just work with athletes, and that gave me an opportunity to, like, do strength and conditioning with them. Um, and then strictly, like, speed, um, mobility, all that stuff. Vertical jump test. Yeah, power, all that. So we worked on all that change of direction and so and then they they had a basketball court so they they trained players or two. So they allowed me to train players basically for the first time mm-hmm. um they hey Tom and choose Joey you got an hour with Joey and I was like, here we go yeah. so they, you're learning on the fly right I'm watching what my other guy DJ's doing when he's training guys and then doing what I like to do right. so that's where the whole basketball training training basketball players kind of stemmed from I think okay. plus I've always I've always been into fitness and health man and just um being help, just being strong, yeah. you know, being an athlete. I've always just like, how can I always be at an athletic point where like right. I can handle anything? I can hoop, I can do this, and there's nothing holding me back. Right. I just always want to challenge. And that, again, post injury. Right. Yep. So my whole post injury state of mind is, don't be satisfied. You're That's not right. there yet. You're not there yet. You could Love you could that. be you could jump higher. You can have better joint stability. You know sure. what I mean? You, you know all that. That's right. that's my whole training approach is. How can I be a better functioning human mm-hmm. and stay like, do not decline? Yeah, I, think, I, I just want to keep getting better and better. As a coach, I think that gives you a great perspective too. Is like, you know what it feels like when it's taken away, and you know what it feels like to actively focus on how to get better yeah. through it and like bettering yourself. And I think if it's where a lot of like really successful athletes struggle when they transition to being a coach, is that all they've experienced is success because yes. they're a super successful person and like yeah. that's how they move and they haven't had to go through the struggles that yeah. you went through. And yeah. I think you having this um, 
event come up in your life is going to allow you to communicate a lot better with athletes. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was my whole approach was really as a coach was learning about the body, right? When we're going through all this in school and I'm just, I was like so obsessed with injury prevention Mm -hmm. after going through that rehab Mm -hmm. process. um, I was like, how can I, and again, do I need to go to PT school to like train athletes like this? I was like, I don't really think so. Like with how, how we're doing things in the world these days, man with a lot of experience and people to pick brains from. Um, that's what it comes down to is the experience, man, and just continuing learning. Um, so my whole thing was just when I was at Velocity, we had one day we were with the Champlain 13U girls soccer team, right? We're going to run through some drills, just give them a little taste of Velocity whatever. But I remember saying, like, one of these girls was like, like you're so obsessed with the knees. And I'm like, because I'm like in, in body positioning. Yeah, because yeah. you know what it leads you know. to. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. was like, because I'm like, because I want you guys to be safe and move efficiently and be strong. You know what I'm saying? And she wasn't saying it like, you're so like, stop. But she was, they noticed why I'm like, okay, I need you here. I want you to look at, you know, because you're going to be faster. You're going to be better, um, safer. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's where it just I think that's where it stemmed from was the injury was like, hey, how I want to help athletes become better and stay safe. Um, so that's where that stemmed from and then I remember being at Velocity just even as a coach man like when you're training when you're trying to train athletes how to do things like a movement with the weights or how to just body positioning anything man the coach always like man if you're gonna say something like you gotta say it with confidence you gotta you know what I'm saying like you gotta seem like at least seem like you know what you're talking about or else these athletes aren't gonna trust you right Mm -hmm. so all these little things that kind of add into who you are as a coach Um, but yeah so when I was a junior Basically, I was a junior. I said, I want to train basketball players. And so I was like, hey, what do I got to do to get there? Or, like, get this experience or figure this world out. Um, and so I got involved with the sports and business club. I, like, found – I wasn't really in a lot of clubs in college because my whole thing was, like, school track, school track. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me make a focus. Um, I wasn't, like, into, like, being a part of any clubs, I guess. And I was like, well, sports and business seems pretty legit. So I went in that. Um and then yeah, they, I was like, man, they got some cool speakers here. Like, so they had they literally had no. Gannon Baker didn't come, but Eric or um, Chris Thomas. So he was. I want to say, was this this might have been junior or senior? Anyway, he spoke. Basketball. It said, hey, we're gonna have Nike basketball skill development trainer Chris Thomas come in. Blah blah blah. Dude's got experience. And I was like, oh my god, this dude's sick, man. So I went up, sat in the front meeting, wrote all these freaking notes down, and I went up to him and I said, what's up, dude? Like, this is what I want to do. Um, I want to train basketball players. And again, my whole my whole thing is out, not just train them how to be better skill wise with the ball, but like I'm an athlete development, um, performance development guy too. Like I'm trying to make better athletes and basketball players too. So he's like, all right, man, cool. So we exchanged contacts, and then he flew me out to um, Indiana for a weekend. That I want to say like not too long later. Um, so I flew out to Indiana for a weekend, stayed in a hotel, and just hung out for, with him working camps and training dudes. And he would give me some of his clients and was like, here, bro, like, go ahead and train this dude. I don't know if you know who Gary Harris is, but Gary Harris is on the Nuggets. Yes. Starter, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I met Gary's dad and stuff and Gary's little brother because Chris trained Gary growing up. Wow. Like, he trains Gary. Um, so I was like, this is freaking cool, dude. Yeah. I was like, so he's like, yeah, I was, so I was, I was training Gary Harris's little brother. Um, and stuff like that. So, again, super grateful for that opportunity. Chris just being like, dude, I don't even know you, but I, I know what you're about. I, I can feel that you want to do this. Let's go. I'll, I'll bring you out. Um, flew me out there and whatnot. So, 
Yeah, and then I was like, hey, I, want, I, I need to start thinking about my business if I'm going to do this as a business. Yeah. So then before Be Who You Strive to Be, which is existent now, is Identity Athlete Academy. So I wanted to come up with a basketball camp and training brand that didn't just say basketball because I didn't know if it could potentially turn into something else. And then um, I just knew trainers that I did follow that did name it off their name, but I was like, I want it to be more than just like Thomas Grill of basketball, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I came up with identity. I was like, okay, hey, what's about, think about our being, mm-hmm. like who do we want, what's our, how do we want to identify, right? And it's all about action and values, integrity. Um, so my whole thing was human development, developing one's identity, um, to help them be who they strive to be. Mm-hmm. So Be Who You Strive to Be was the, it was the model for Identity Athlete Academy. And, I, and my buddy's like, yeah, man, Academy sounds like prestigious. Like you should do Academy instead of just like Identity Athletics. So the, And then I made the logo, the I, two A's merging into one and then a little circle in there and stuff. And I was like, this is pretty, so I was like, it's pretty cool. And then, so then, yeah, made that, that. And that was like my whole thing was like, how do I make this happen, blah, 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 blah. Then I, I started to coach at St. Mark's where I, now teach again you don't know what's going to happen in life man yeah. a whole new chain of things so started doing that and then yeah then fast forward be who you strive to be I said I don't want it to just be athletics I want it to be for anybody let's turn it into a brand clothing brand redesign the logo it was just words across a shirt before or on the back of a shirt and then I turned it into a box and whatnot but um, yeah, that was the thing, man. Like you talked, you were, we were just talking earlier. You said people don't understand like the time you put into things. So that's really what it comes down to, man. Anytime I wasn't in class or I wasn't at practice, I was like, I'm trying, I'm working on this logo or I'm working on my mission or like trying to make these connections and doing crazy stuff like Gannon Baker, one of the best basketball trainers. He's like the pioneer for it. Mm-hmm. I DM'd him on Instagram a couple of years ago because he said he was in town working with some of the Minnesota Lynx. And I was like, all right, whatever, man. I'm going to DM this dude. Shoot your shot. So uh, he's like 45-year-old dude. Like, So he's not like this IG guru, and he's not some young gun everybody's following. But he's well-known in the industry and like definitely pioneered everything. So I was like, what's up, man? Like, This might be a stretch, blah, blah, blah. But heard you coming to Minnesota, and I was like, I just want to – literally, I just want to work with – if you have an opportunity, like, I want to work with you or meet you. You know what I'm saying? So he got back to me like a week later, and he's like, what's up, Thomas? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. He's like, I'll be in – I think we went to Stillwater like to do a camp so I he's like you want to come through there and just help me out I was like frick bro man let's go so Stillwater in November sometime went out there and just trained with him for like you know it was his camp wow. so I trained with him for an hour hour and a half but I mean he's like a little celebrity right I guess you know because mm-hmm. these guys like build him up the Stillwater he knows the Stillwater guys he had a little table the kids taking pictures but high energy dude loves what he's doing again something I look up to in terms of like knowing your stuff right so you can talk it know all the details dude's got the most respect in the basketball community mm. like he's no joke so that was a super i mean and yeah and we did that camp and then we walked out together and he's like got a girlfriend all this he goes yeah i met my wife at a camp blah, blah, blah. it's like so i'm like dude i'm walking out of this gym with Gannon baker right now like and i just dm'd him a couple weeks ago you know and so again stuff like that and it all came down to is like can't be scared you got nothing to lose take action the whole thing with Chris Thomas, man, wrote down the notes. Instead of just leaving that business meeting, business sports business meeting, and just be like, well, that was cool, man. I got a cool guy. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm like, I got to go talk to this dude. Yeah. Like, what's up, man? Yeah. This is my name. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm Absolutely. trying to do. Absolutely. And that right there. 
And I think that's the number one thing is just people are just afraid to take action in that way. It's just kind of like, well, that was a cool, interesting person. I'm done. But I was like, nah. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing, man. Just that's again. So be huge. Try to be stemmed from Identity Athlete Academy, which is what I call my basketball camp that I've been running for three years. This will be the third year this year. I, I love that point of taking action. Um, I just read a Jordan Peterson quote. It's basically like, he who hesitates is lost. And like mm-hmm. talking about like if you're a true leader and like you really are on this path and you're going, it's like you're just gonna you're gonna make action steps. You're just gonna take it because you know you're leading. You know you're blazing this path. And somebody who hesitates and like like you said with that meaning, you could have got all nervous and yeah, yeah, yeah. taken all these notes, and it would have been great. Like you probably learned something from him presenting. But if you were nervous and you didn't go up to him and introduce yourself and yeah. talk to him, like that opportunity would have been lost and yep. it's never regained. Like you, yep. you'll you'll you would probably never have met that guy again yep. to have that opportunity. You know, yeah. and just what the the wor- the very worst thing they can say is no to you, and the, and exactly. then and then that's the same answer you had if you didn't ask. Exactly. You know, exactly. so like this is like it's a big thing I'm into right now. Is like yep. reaching out. The and that's another thing is like people see super successful people and like get nervous like to talk to them get it's like they're people and you have yeah, to realize yeah, yeah. that and they want to help you yeah you know and that like the, the two people that you reach out with these these are massive like people great coaches yeah. and they want to help you yeah yeah exactly exactly man um and i live and die by that right and I, like we're talking about right now is just taking action dude that's anything i do is just you just got to take action um and it's crazy because like so chris was one of the head lead dudes for the my more basketball academy camp um, so this last year, he was in. T- he said, "Hey, Thomas, we need coaches, bro." They switched who was leading it, um, and then Scott Savore he came and spoke to us. So I met again, man. He's. I think I met with him first. He came in. He's a consultant, so he made his own business where he goes in and he watches basketball teams and stuff, takes notes, and goes, "Hey, how can you be? How can we be better in terms of culture?" He's all about culture and success with culture. Mm-hmm. So he inspired me in that way. He's kind of a mentor. He had some guys. He invited students in the sports. Hey, you want to come through? Come to my house. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to teach you guys about this. I ended up not going through with this program just because I was like, I feel like I'm a little overloaded right now with, like, school track. I was like, I don't know about, like, driving out to Maple Grove every Tuesday night to, like, take notes from Scott. He didn't take any of them. Again, he's a real ass dude, man. He's like, I'm not taking this personal. He goes, you go on your way. Like, you got my cell phone number, blah, blah, blah. So we still stay in touch. He'll shoot me a text. He like just like hope everything's good, bro. Or he'll send me some new stuff he's doing. So no hard feelings, man. You know he just he's like I respect you're not trying to do this right now. I get it. It's all good. I just felt like I was a little overloaded. So met Scott. Great. Scott knows Chris. Again, basketball world's small. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Chris knows Gannon. I didn't know that. But Gannon and Chris were affiliated with Nike Basketball. So again, small world. And so I was talking to Gannon. Gannon's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know CT. So it's like, I'm over here like this kid. I'm like, man, this is amazing. Like, all these dudes know each other. So, yeah, it's just last year I was coaching at the Maya Moore camp as a coach um, because Chris reached out to me. He came in the city, and so got to help at that, and that's cool. But it's like, again, if I never went and met Chris, I wouldn't be. And, again, I invite my buddy to come coach with me too, but it's like, that's what it's all about, man. Just people know each other. Yeah. So. Um, it's crazy well, like, how small yeah. the world is too, you know. Like, yeah. Especially once you get to, into the elite level of whatever they're doing, like, there's, they all know each other. Yeah. Because oh yeah. It's, it, the general population doesn't care, like, or they don't care enough. Like, once you break into that circle, yeah. it's yeah, you're in a good spot. 
Yeah, dude. It's and it's amazing. Like when we, so I coach. I'm a nine B basketball coach at D. This year was my first year. I was coaching three years at St. Mark's eighth grade basketball, and then I was like kind of ready for the next jump. Mm -hmm. Then I got involved at D track first, so jump coach at D. And then I was kind of nagging the AD. I was like, "What's up, Adam?" I was like, "I just want to let you know, like, basketball is my thing, man, um, and I want to help out there." Yeah. But then track coaches were putting in a good word, and like, "Hey, Thomas should like work here in the fall while the soccer coach is coaching soccer, so then he can take his role in like after school care, basically, basically yeah. for the high schoolers." So yeah, I got involved with basketball there, varsity assistant, strength and conditioning for the varsity guys, um, and practice this year at varsity. We practice at 6 a.m. every morning, and Guess who I see at practice? Scott Savore comes in, man. Dude, I met at this meeting. Mm -hmm. wow. The consultant yeah. that comes in, comes walking in the gym, and I'm like, is that Scott? Um, so I went and said what's up to him, but like, he's got his notebook out. He's watching practice. Probably, and he's probably going to give Trav a call and say, hey, so what you guys should need to be doing better, blah, blah, blah. It's crazy, bro. I'm like, so he's, and so he, in his mind, he's going, oh, there he is. Probably like met this dude a few years ago. Look where he's at now. He's a part of one of the most, like, again, I'm, I say this, so grateful to be a part of this, man. DSL is, like, no joke in terms of the basketball yeah, the history. Up here, right? You know, yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's like, he's probably like, well, this is this dude that was one of the meet and whatnot, made that connection. And then the state championship game. I look up in the crowd and I look, there's, there's he's a bald dude. He's easy to spot. <laughs> but again, I just look, look left, I look up in the stands, and I'm like, and we catch eyes, and then like wave but I'm like it's insane man you know like if I didn't go to that sport business meeting I wouldn't know Scott I mean and that, 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 that is the insane thing of it though is like when you take those small action steps like we keep saying yeah. like how crazy like the momentum is and like the things that happen in your life yeah. like when you just look back at like where you were a year ago like in yeah. this meeting like not even sure like what the process is to do it all and now yeah. you're coaching a state championship team you know like yeah. You and know, it all starts with actually doing something yeah. and going forward with it. And it's, it's, I, it just blows my mind every single time I hear, like, where people are uh, now, like, in their lives. Yeah. Like, I big, my, one of my biggest things is, like, trying to study successful people and, like, what makes them successful. Yeah. And not – I've never met a single person where it's like, yeah, one day I just woke up and, like, we had this huge thing. Exactly. You know, it was like they did something tiny that they didn't even realize yeah. was a big deal at that moment. Yeah. And then they look back 10 years and they're like, holy shit, dude. If yeah. I didn't go – if, like – if that was during convo hour and you decided not yeah. to go to that business meeting because you wanted to, to eat a longer lunch, yeah. you would not accomplish any of this. Exactly, exactly. Small action steps, seeing, I don't know if where I heard this before, there's some probably like quotey way to say it, but it's about um, basically seizing opportunity that maybe doesn't seem like the big gig, mm -hmm. yeah. but could totally blossom into something you never imagined in a way, right? Um, so that yeah. kind of goes back to like there is no such thing as a small thing, right. you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, you brought you brought that up earlier, like way back in the podcast, and I was good. Like interject there is like you said the same thing. You're like, there's no small things. Like yeah, like you're washing that table, that type of thing. Like that's a big thing. People see you do that, and then that turns into something, you know, yeah. and then it makes you a better person. And it, nothing is too small. Exactly, or dude. Even, even if people don't see it, it's that's even all the more reason to do it. Like, yeah develops your own personal character and you're doing yeah. it for all the right reasons then too you know? yeah and I think yeah man it, like the whole basketball thing dude again I'll, t I'll dive into that opportunity thing um, how did I how did I realize I think I like working with youth 
got involved. I don't even know why. I don't even know why. But like ninth grade, I worked at this called Pratt Elementary School over southeast Minneapolis, near the, basically the U campus near the Wishes Tower. Okay. Worked at a little summer thing there. Again, very young, just did it though. I don't remember how I got into it. And then, then I started getting, I got the email through like Mather and stuff about Skyhawks, whatever. And I was like, it's like coaching kids in the summer. I was like, dude, let's do it. I, it sounds fun, like a good, like a fun job. I like, mm-hmm. I like sports, whatever. Um, like working with youth, did that. Did it for a couple of years. And I was like, hey, like this is kind of in my, after doing it a few years, I was like, I was grateful for this. It's great. I was like, but I want to be basketball specific or like, I want to kind of step it up a bit. This is a, this is good for what it was. Now it's time to level up. Mm-hmm. That was my state of mind. And then again, low key, got an email through the St. Thomas Health Department, or Health and Human Performance Department, St. Mark's, three blocks away, is looking for a basketball coach, eighth grade boys. I'm going. I'm like, where do I sign up? <laughs> I'm like, let's do this. I'm like, I think I want to coach my own team. And so, never forget that man. First walking in there, meeting Ed at the time as a PE teacher. Now I'm in his spot. Crazy. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. I'm gonna be in his spot for another month and then school's done. But <laughs> um but yeah, um, jumped on that opportunity. That awakened my passion to coach basketball for sure. And never forget that year um, meeting those guys. Again it's the craziest thing. First thing again it's, it's like the first time you do something brand new. Yeah. I still remember the first day I taught PE where I was standing in the gym watching first grade come in going, where do I stand? Like, you know, <laughs> I've never taught PE before. I didn't, yeah. I didn't take any teaching stuff before yeah. that. Yeah. I teach PE based off of my experience working with youth and sports. Yeah. And just like, that's the element, you know? So yeah, I started coaching basketball and then I was there like, dude, we want to have you back. I was like, I want to come back second year. Boom, did it. Um, and then basically Ed, the dude that hired me as a basketball coach or like got my contact, he leaves the school and then again, you don't know what's going to happen in life, dude. And what's going to connect my former theology teacher in high school at the time was the principal at St. Mark's. So he reached out to me and was like, Thomas, Ed's leaving. Want to see if you want to be the PE teacher here. And I was like, and that's right, right in my department. That's what I went to school for. Yeah. And he actually told me his wife is the one that suggested she, they were like like man who should we get and she's like what about that thomas kid like that's coaching the guys in basketball yeah and he goes and he knows me because he had me as a student in high school again who are you and right people see you exactly people remember who you are what you did that's what it comes down to if you're going to be the dude that dinks around in high school and doesn't give a freaking who see how it works out for you you know what i'm saying I guess that's my opinion, but, um, and I'm nowhere right now, right? I'm, we're all just kind of getting started, but yeah, that, that was crazy. It was like late August. Not like, it was like August, late July, um, playing volleyball with people, track kids, right? And then he reached out and I'm like, what? Again, this, I graduated college and I was like, all I know is I want to train basketball players. Yes. And then work, I'm going to work with the Timberwolves. That's a whole new thing too, man. What that's turned into, bro. Um, you you were writing it down before you write a question now? Yeah, so I was going to go into, like, you talked about how, like, you never know where life's going to go. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah. Oh. And this is where I think a lot of people get stressed out is, yeah. like, they freak out about, nah, 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 nah. and this is one thing I really want to hit on is, as long as you're staying on the path and you're doing these correct things, like, life's going to figure itself out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, you can't you can't be a freeloader. You can't be lazy about it. You can't yep. be doing bad things and expect life to turn out. Exactly. But if you are putting in the work, you are consistently doing correct actions that are leading you towards becoming the best version of yourself. That's when life is gonna figure itself out. You yeah. know, and that's yeah. where I think a lot of people like they they're putting in this work and they're not seeing a lot of results and they're freaking out and like yeah. thinking their time's coming to an end. They're getting the pressure from their parents that they need the job, that type of thing. I'm like, yeah. just breathe. Yeah. Like, breathe and realize that you are on this path and it's going to work itself out. Yep. And you got to take, you got to take the small actions, man. Like we've been talking, not small. You got to take action. Yeah. So again, the stuff we may not, you look back now at the time in that time in life, we may not have seen as pivotal, mm-hmm. right? Here, I'll give you a goofy resume, but it's real, man. I've worked at Cane's. Oh, yeah. Great worked, place. Yeah, dude. And guess why I wanted... Again, I was eating there all the time. So good. Freshman year, like going into freshman year of college, I was like, man, I eat here so much. I just love this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shoot, might as well work here. Yeah. <laughs> that was my whole training. I was like, shoot, I might as well work here, bro. Yeah. Because I was like, like they, people knew me. I was like, oh, so I'm just going to apply here. She's, and this girl's like, cool. I was like, yeah. Then I worked there. And I've worked with that one year I was there. Worked with so many different types of people, man. Oh, all ages, all like everything. Mm-hmm. But we all got along, mm-hmm. you know. And I was tight with the managers. Still, you know, we're friends on Facebook. All this stuff. Like, I remember running into my manager a couple years back at Cassettes. He was managing, and he goes, "Hey, Thomas, you need a job at Cassettes." I was like, "Nah, man," because you, I knew him from Canes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't even know. It's just Canes, man. Um, and then I worked. I've worked at Michaels, Arts and Crafts, bro. Michael's art for like a month when they were like building a Michael's I was like dude I, I'm just trying to get a job like I again was I like did I go nah that's Mike that's not cool bro whatever my whole train of thought is I need to get money I'm trying to get it I need to work somewhere boom Michael's didn't work out whatever doesn't like I worked there and then I basically got let go because I just needed you for a little bit yeah. but I was, they can kind of like okay like dude this is not your vibe I'm like I understand don't really want to be here <laughs> let's go to the next thing yeah. again would I have ever understood no like but you gotta just do it you know um and then yeah started work then the sports specific stuff yep so you work a couple odd jobs you figure things out um and then yeah like we're talking about man the things that happen in the present moment back in the day you don't realize what that's going to pan out to i never knew when i was in my theology class in high school that zach was going to reach out to me and be like i trust this guy with this position I didn't even know he used to, I was, I didn't even know he taught PE either. Or I mean, he was principal there. My PE teacher at that time, Ed was like, you know, Zach's the principal, Zach's actually, I was like, what? And I was like, that's crazy. And he goes, yeah, he was showing me your music because he loves your music. I was like, what? This so was like, Zach loves my stuff, man. Like he would, he'd try to play that in high school and like made me like send him stuff. Wow. So it's like, and that was when I was, that was again, just getting started. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year of high school, it was just getting started music. And people were like, wait, this dude's kind of legit. Yeah. You know, if I look back at some of my songs now and like what they are, it's totally different. Yeah. But they saw something, you know, and then I, I felt something and that I had potential with it and I enjoyed it. You know, at the end of the day, man, everything that I've ever done, I never went into it except for like maybe I need a job to make money like Canes or whatever because I was in college and I needed some sort of income. Right. But what it all came down to was nothing has ever really and I've talked about it in the music but nothing's ever been income driven mm-hmm. and it but it took action to realize like where you should be like if I didn't jump on that St. Mark's coaching gig I didn't I don't know if I would have found my passion for coaching and it's passion man because you're coaching a game 
and you're coaching practice, man, and a different beast comes out, and you care, all you do is care about helping that person master something, mm-hmm. um, and seeing them thrive. Like, I still remember moments in a game, man. I had one of my kids at the time, Thomas. I subbed him out. I said, "What's going on, bro?" Because he was playing, he just wasn't playing his game, and I ignited the beast out of him. But like, you see that in an eighth grade boy, man. And they're like, holy crap, I'm capable. Right. And that's 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 all I care about is being like, you. I don't care who you are. You might not be able to dribble the ball, but you lock that dude up. You're cap- You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they take that on. It's all about if you're capable. And I believe you are. That's all I care about, yeah, man. Right. You got all these kids that, like, don't believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. Number one, first thing they don't – first thing they say is, I can't do that. Every time. Every time, dude. And I'm like, cut that out. No, 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 no. And I train players on my – I train kindergartners. I train college dudes, man, whatever. Some kids are going to say, I can't do that. And I'm like, sweep that out of the brain right now. Right. You have to – number one, you need to try. Anything we've ever done, you have to try. Whether that's a new skill or an opportunity you see, you have to try to take that like, go jump on it. Mm-hmm. You have to try to take action. If you never try anything, you're never going to know. And people, people say that's you know? like so. The, the belief factor is like kind of cheesy, and they talk about it. I was like, you don't realize like the power your brain has to either inhibit you or like allow you. Yeah. To, like, do you know? Like it, it controls your body. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's your body's a total soldier of your mind. Mm-hmm. If you go into something, if you go into a sport, you go into a situation, telling yourself you can't do it, you, I guarantee you're not going to be able to do it. This is one of the biggest switches like I've had to do is like as a coach, had to public speak at a bunch of like recruiting events recently. And one of the biggest things, like I switched from when I was in college doing like a, a college, like um, presentation presentation type yeah. thing, you know, like where you go up in front and I was like, shit, like I'm not a good speaker, like this is gonna suck. And then you know what, you go up there and you suck. And now you go up there with like confidence and you're like, these people wanna listen, they wanna have a message from you, yeah. you can do this. And when you go in with that mindset, it, it totally changes the game on how you're able to display your message. And, yeah talk and do what you want to do and this is I related back to like Michael Phelps he talked about what made him Olympian is his coach for like 18 years of his life wouldn't allow him to say I can't every single time he said I can't the coach would leave it to practice and yeah. want to talk to him for a week yeah. and he just trained Phelps he's like you're not going to say that anymore yeah. and Phelps said that is what made me an Olympian it's like I realized like I can do whatever basically that if I want like as long as I'm working towards something and I'm doing it yeah. I can accomplish it yeah. The only thing I, the only thing holding me back is my own mind. Yeah. My, my me saying I can't do something. That's yeah. when I know that's I'm putting that wall in front of me. Yeah. Like why put that standard? And as a coach, this is one thing that frustrates me with a lot of coaches is like they put limits on their athletes, and they put limits on what their abilities are, and they put stigmas and that type of thing on these athletes. I'm like, that's not our job as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, like your job as a coach is to elevate these athletes and totally open up their minds to yeah. what could be. Yeah. What type of athlete could you be? I related to me as like when I was a freshman, I was a terrible, terrible fullback, and I like I was told multiple times like you're never going to be able to play at this level, that type of thing, and all it took was one coach saying yes, you can, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's all it takes is just that's my goal as a coach is to tell a kid like it doesn't matter whether the people are saying yes, you can as long as you do it and like you work towards it and you're on that path, you can do whatever you set your mind to you know yeah. and as long as you don't have that self-doubt you don't allow that negative thought process in your mind you can accomplish it yeah mm-hmm. that's right man and that's 
And in relation to all that, the negative talk too, man, is like what I've usually done is anything that has affected me per se negatively in the past, whether it was the knee injury or how I was felt like I was coached, I've turned that now into a positive. Or at the moment, I had to turn that into a positive. When I was a high school athlete, feeling like I wasn't given the right opportunities to like truly thrive to my potential, and I was getting held back and felt limited or negative like negative talk or all that. Um, yeah, it killed me, bro. And like we know as we know as experience, what it feels like to get torn apart, and then you can't go perform. And you're like, well, what the frick, bro? Like, I know what I'm capable of, and I can't do it right now because I'm in my head because of this dude not – if I make one mistake, I'm out. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, that's a great example of our – I think Coach K, how he switched our defense when we were freshmen. Everyone played scared because and, mm-hmm. and you knew if you made a mistake, you were done. Yep. And it was very short leash, and he gave the defense a lot more freedom in the next year mm-hmm. and a lot more – a lot more belief in the players and he if you made a mistake like you're gonna get reprimanded but you know they still had the faith in you to make the next play and it was yeah. they didn't yell at you so bad for when you tried to make a play and yeah. you failed it was well, we're gonna encourage that because we want you guys to make plays and exactly we, yeah the belief is huge man exactly man I, I mean no, I'll never forget that 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 totally formed in a, how I approach how I coach my athletes man yeah. is Kid turns the ball over in a game. If he looks over at me, I'm not going. I'm not going. Oh, yeah. Shoot, what are you doing, bro? I'm going. So good. Let's go. Get back. Let's right. make. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like same thing with when I'm coaching my track athletes in basketball too, man. Um, I always tell. I'm like, hey, it might be ugly at first, but I'm like, that's okay. Right. You're trying something brand new. I'm not expecting you, or like maybe you're just not used to. It. Maybe you've done it a lot. I said. I always say from this point forward, the only way is up. And that's, that's the whole thing, man. If you don't even take that first step, then you never took that first step, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the only way is up from here. And that's the whole approach to everything. Mm-hmm. So, and then they start to see that and feel that. And they go, oh, you know, I, I, he believes in me. And it's like, and maybe they do it and they're going, I'm a little hesitant. And I'm like, no, that's good, that's good. You know what I mean? I keep going. Sure. Do it again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then they go, oh, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. So, yeah, the biggest, that's the whole negative, anything that's happened, that's what I always say, man. How I was treated in elementary school, right? With the whole hip hop thing, right? And then the injuries. Um, all that stuff, anything you might see as negative, that forms you, man. Mm-hmm. People looking down at you, talking down at you, saying you're not this, but you're not black, blah, 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 you're not blah, blah, blah. It forms you. Right. And you're going, oh, this is me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to freaking stand by that. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's your gut. It's your gut going, this feels right, this doesn't. You know what I mean? And so I guess that's the whole how did I, how do you form confidence? I, I guess that's what it comes down to is what, what feels right to you in terms of like a sense of morals um, and the different negative things that hit you. And you, I, 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 you use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest thing is I've used it as fuel, man. And I, I've had people say that to me in high school about the music, like people offer me suggestions. Nobody could ever say anything to my face but I, I could hear what people are talking about to other people, and I'm like, all right, bro, are you doing this right now? No. What are you doing? You know what I mean? So, and I guess it just come, it comes down to a vision, man. I just have, I'm, I, I, I've, I'm confident in what I do, but I think that's because of what we talked about. It's just because it's manifested into that because of doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. And you see where you started. 
-hmm. when I first made a song that I just start grabbing instruments from Logic and like just going crazy? No, but I have a sense of rhythm. It starts with a sense, and then just knowing, like liking hip hop. Then you just start making beats and you just start messing with sounds and you're like, I want to do this. And then it just comes together, man. But I remember showing friends back when I started getting into making beats and stuff, like the process, I'd be like, here's a song. And right away they're like, dude, I don't know how I'd click into this and start moving notes or whatever. And they're just like, I don't know how you have patience for this. And I'm just like, I don't know either, man. It's like, there's exactly, man, there's no, I'm telling you, like flow state is like somebody, somebody else doesn't completely enjoy and love that process. That's why it's long and like a process for them. Yeah. Whereas you love that process. So you love doing it. So you're just in this mindset to where like, it's not really patience for you because you're flowing with this, you know? Exactly, man. Flowing with your music. I've had times, dude, where I'm in my house. I make all my music in my room, man. No studio. I got a laptop. I, I make. I still use this to make the beats. I don't, I don't even have a MIDI, really. Um, but I, yeah, I've had times where I don't go to the bathroom. I don't eat. I've come. It's been daylight when I. Let's say it's like a Saturday, right, or something like that. Maybe it's like five, like three o'clock. It's light out, but then I come back out. And all, no lights are never touched, because I'm still in my. I was still in my room. I never left my room. But it's like you don't. Again, I talk about all the music, dude. Like, how many hours have I like? You can't even put. A number on it music's like that especially music like, yeah i've I'm the same way when i play my guitar yeah it's just where does the time go i mean last yeah. night i i got home we were recording the podcast i don't know what time we got done i don't know what time i got home probably nine picked up my guitar and then i looked up and it was 11 o'clock like, yeah oh my goodness music is definitely like much more so than most things too yeah, yeah. And I think it, it, it's uh, that's it's challenging and I that's another thing I want to touch on too is I think everything I've ever tried to do mm-hmm. has been a challenge mm-hmm. I've seen it as a challenge so when I first started there you start doing athletics right that's a challenge in itself is be better win right figure you got to figure things out do a lot of sports you enjoy that right and then the whole music thing was how can I make when I started doing music was how can I make this as close to what everybody listens to on the radio, right? Like professionally sounding wise. Mm-hmm. Not what people make on the radio. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but like, does this sound like it's on like a CD I've listened to, right? right? In terms of like sound. That's always been my, that's been my challenge. So um, that's where it all stems from. And you will not stop doing that until you get it to where you think it sounds where it needs to be. That's right. So you just keep going. And again, a beat from 2010 from me is going to sound different than one now, mm-hmm. right? Um, As it should if you're trying to grow and exactly. become a better artist in person. Exactly. Like, was it totally terrible where there was no sort of sense of um, an ear for notes and rhythm? No. There was that. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I freaking I understand rhythm and I understand what sounds good, what doesn't. I wasn't just like, man, yeah, yeah. But um, the challenge, that's the biggest thing. This, the whole neat thing, new challenge. Let's go, baby. Let's be better than what it was before. Like, bring it on. So that's the, that was the biggest thing. I'm, I don't consider myself a singer, but Drake was my biggest influence when I got into him in 2008 And it was, um, let's, let's be versatile. Right. Let's not just rap. Let's, we do the beats. I like rap music. 
I was trying to remake beats of, that's what I started. I started to try to remake beats of artists, of big songs. Like Mac Miller, Nike's On My Feet came out was big. I was like, I was like I'm going to try to remake this on GarageBand. Remade it like practically identical. And people were like, dude, you should write your own bars. So I was like, all right, I got it. Then I started writing my own raps to that. And then I was like, boom. Then we just kept going. So I always just tried to remake. I was like, I, I said, I have GarageBand. Challenge accepted. Let's try to remake this beat with just GarageBand. Mm-hmm. While these guys, the big dudes, got all the stuff they can get. Mm-hmm. That was my challenge. Mm-hmm. I was like, how close can I get to this? And then I just started writing this stuff. And then, yeah, Drake pushed the singing thing, man. Go Again, go listen. I, I still don't consider myself a singer, but go listen to, like, a song I first started to try to sing on. Was it, like, brutal, the way you can't listen? No. <laughs> but I, it, I wouldn't say it's as... That where it is now, mm-hmm. um, for sure. But I just kept trying to sing. Yeah. I kept pushing myself, testing myself in that way. I, I love what you said. So, um, what you just said about how men are, how about how everything you've done has been a challenge. I wrote, I put this quote on my on my background on my phone. Mm-hmm. The most spiritual, as the strongest men, find their happiness where others would find their destruction in the labyrinth and the hardness against themselves and others in experiments. Their joy is self-conquest. Difficulty is a privilege. That's right along with it, dude. Yeah. And, and I want to piggyback off of that, these, these challenges. And you talked about taking your stuff to the next level and you continually to do that. What is your next level? And what's the next big push with everything? Um, that's, t- that's a where, tough like, thing, man. Where do you, like, where is this going? Like, mm-hmm. How are you taking over the world? Um, well, I'll give it the potential fourth, the potential title for the fourth album is Roots, because I was having a nice FaceTime with Duncan mm. not too long ago, and we were talking about my the different roots I have going. He brought up roots, but what I have going, he goes, you know, because it's not just one thing, right? With the music. And then saying, I'm going to start a clothing brand. Boom, make it real. No turning back. But believing in that. And then, like, training players, whatever. All this. You look at a tree, man, and there's not just one fat root. There's a bunch. And so, and like we talked about with knowledge of self um, and integrity, um, passion, just being real. I just, it's all about just, like, and about giving giving and serving so um i guess everything that i'm trying to do is all in relation to that Mm -hmm. because i feel like it brings out the best most high energy being Mm -hmm. which is in turn the most relatable being to anybody because that's what we all need as humans so what's next with it all i honestly have no idea (laughs) Um, I guess with something I'll dive into that more but like people say well what do you want to be with music and my answer is I want to move as many people as I can with my music that's all I care about I don't, care. I don't need a fat paycheck I want to perform maybe someday on a big stage to where I can look out in the crowd and people are just so hyped and energized by something that like that changes their life that's all that matters to me or if they listen through the headphones in that song so music wise move as many people as I can does that mean I get famous I don't know do I want to get famous no because 
all my favorite artists I vibe to talk about how it sucks. <laughs> like, I don't... Fame, money, all that doesn't mean happiness, man. So, like, do I want that? No, I just want to move as many people as I can with the music. Is that in my control at the time? Not necessarily, but um, that's a whole different thing. So, music, move as many people as I can. Um, the training... Again, I don't, I don't know what my basketball life is going to turn into. I love it. I love the training. I have a vision of being a head coach someday at a high school level. That's why I wanted to get into high school. Is I was like, okay, these three years at eighth grade has been great, and I love it. But I feel like my intensity and how I can connect with athletes is I need to get to the – I want to move up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And not, I, Travis, I talked to Travis, and he said, hey, you want to be a varsity assistant? I said, let's go. Let's do it. Again, did I ask how much am I getting paid? No. I said, let's just go. That's what happened when I got hired as a track coach. I said, we need a jump coach. I said, let's go. Because that, that, I just want to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, And then basketball, same thing. Oh, I would want to coach 9B too. I said, let's go. So I did varsity in the morning and then 9B in the afternoon. And so um, basketball-wise, yeah, eventually I want to coach head, a head coach team. You know, and... I've had parents tell me, man, like of former players I've had one other, like I just see it. It could be something big, you know. And that's the thing too. People sneak in stuff that humbles the heck out of you, man. Like I don't ever want to hear something and go. Like I'm never trying to blow up into some big old ego. But people just keep, especially when you keep hearing something. So when people are like, dude, like you have it, or you have this gift, or like this energy that just freaking enter like pushes people mm-hmm. that kind of that keeps you on this like this is where you need to be yeah. no I, part you know what i'm saying and i keep telling people how like powerful that is when you if you see something in somebody you got to tell them cuz I, I realize like with myself is like when you're working those hours and like you're in the trenches and you're yeah. like, doing and you love it but it's still like you're not sure if is this like yep. working is this your yeah. thing is this what you're doing and then you like you said you have somebody reach out like that and be like yeah you have something here and then and that that just ignites such a fire in exactly, people dude. exactly I, it's so big to like hear you say that too it's like it, it's huge just yeah. something so small that like a, that person probably isn't thinking something there's yeah. like you actually have something you are yeah. talented at what you do like keep doing it yeah they say that and like in your head you're like bro that means the world like yeah now I'm gonna keep doing it you know like exactly exactly even with like you're saying even with those down days or the days are exhausted um or again the life of comparison these days with everything around us so i'm out here looking at all these unmuted trainers and i'm going why is he here and i'm not right or it's like well he was in my shoes or i'm over here going i can do what he's doing you know but um you just got to stay patient and it's like do i want to be a trainer for like nba players someday like on a team or i don't know i don't know at the end of the day i just know i enjoy training players whether they're in sixth grade they're brand new to the game or they're hoopers, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like you said, you got, when you have somebody tell you something like that, or you see how somebody responds to what you're saying, like, again, light, I'm just so into human connection, dude, on a music level, on a sport level, just friend level, right? Just doing this right here. Mm-hmm. That to me, it, it's just so, it's, it's why we're here, because we're all connected, it sounds maybe it sounds way out there, but like, there's a reason why people connect with these things when they hear a song and they feel a certain way. Um, and so my biggest thing is just yeah, connecting with people like that, 
when you have a, I've had a parent, you know, parents call into you and be like, dude, like my son after this season, like completely different person because of how you treated him in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Like you have, I can totally see on the big stage or something like this someday. Um, so yeah, that stuff is like reassuring, but at the same time, your state of mind, you don't need reassurance. Mm -hmm. Your own, my own confidence in myself is reassurance. If that makes any sense. No, I know, yeah, we, we so it's about like, that a lot. you know, I, I don't need somebody to be like, like I make a song and if I, I heard this a long time ago and I was making beats and I was just trying to keep learning about making beats or just through other producers. And this one guy was like, man, if you can't vibe your own beat, like who else is going to vibe your own mm -hmm. beat? And I'm like, true. That's why I can't just crank out a beat in a minute and be like, well, that's cool. Boom. I'd rather just like dive deep. But yeah, it's like, you can't, and I've talked about that in the music too, man. Like, I don't need, I, I even, I can't remember the exact line. It was like living a life off of reassurance, um, basically. I was, like, you could say that, like, maybe I, I was living off of reassurance, but then I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need somebody to be like, yeah, it beats pretty good, man. It's like, no, I'm, I'm confident in what I just created, and I'm excited to get it out to you sure. because of how it makes me feel, I think with how this is this energy flows exactly. it'll make somebody else feel like this exactly. um so that's and that comes with time i didn't used to make i didn't used to sing and rap on my own beats i used to buy them or do remixes um because i knew i said this isn't to me i said it's not where i want it to be yet i'm gonna keep going like the sound it doesn't sound how i want it to sound and then finally one day I was like, okay, this is good. I'm going to put my own stuff. I'm going to get it out there. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep going, dude. So, yeah, there's stuff people say, man. And it's just, you, I, I sometimes don't know how to react to it. But at the same time, I'm just a very observant person in terms of human behavior. Yes. And um, sensing realness, sensing confidence, sensing self-doubt. Um and I just think, I guess, all that stuff just comes with time. And, um, yeah. Man, I'm just trying to think where my brain's at right now. But, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. And it's just, yeah, there's so much, man. Yeah. But, yeah, be who you strive to be. <laughs> that was the original question. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically, I didn't have the academy that I was going and then I started making shirts that just said be who tried to be on the front white and black shirts because that's my identity at the academy is just black and white um, and I was wearing them to track uh, for my ideal cell last year and some of the kids were like my gorilla I want one of those and I was like cool so I just started giving them some identity at the academy hoodies and then the be who tried to be shirts and then I was like contemplating. I was like, man, and I don't really know how it all came about, but I was like, I think I, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna make this into a clothing brand just by itself. So, so it's not just for athletics, you know. I said, man, everybody's at a certain point in their life. They're in their own mental cage. That was the biggest thing. Is I keep having these conversations with people. I don't care if you're 45 or our age, mm -hmm. but just in these mental cages of like, I wish I did this or like I can't do this or blah 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 blah, and. I'm just like, and in, as a teacher and as a coach, um, I'm hearing it all the time, right? So I'm like, we got to get you out of that mental cage so you can just attack life, baby, yeah. um, and do it with passion, you know? So that, that was the biggest inspiration behind that was you have this vision of yourself, 
then let's do it. That's right. Stop. Don't. Don't say you can't do it. And it's a, and don't think it's overnight. Right. That's the biggest thing. Like I, and it could be anything. I strive to be a more patient friend. You'll get there. You know what I'm saying? I strive to um, work out more. You know, I want to be healthier. I want to be fit. Okay, then let's take that one day at a time step. What'd you do today to like get to that point? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you have to make you have to make a point. Exactly. So that was the, the goal. Exactly, man. So it's just, and I know it's such a it's a broad statement, but that's what I like is that it can you can hear that and go, and it's all again about being present in a be. Such a real simple like word you don't always think about has so much behind it. But just be. That's what it comes and it all comes back to action um, and belief. And if that's that's all it is. So apply that. I know. I know. I was always wondering. I thought the be was just. I I don't know why that just clicked with me. But like the be, like be present, be who you strive to be, like be the person you want to be. Yeah. That that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's freaking sweet. So if you look at his hats and his brand, it's it's a be. Yeah, yeah, this is, so the Be Who Strive to Be came first, and then I was like, okay, I don't want to just slab this massive line across any sort of apparel I have, right, yeah. if I'm going to do it like that, so then I was like, I was like, let's figure this out, so I threw a little E inside the B. It's like the shadow, if you'd look at it like that, um, but, because I wanted a secondary logo, and I'm a, I love fashion, man, and I love simplicity, Cause, and I've heard this in the music world too. Simplicity usually translates into authenticity. Sure. You know, so that's how you listen to a lot of hits or just really songs that are raw. Usually, not, there's not a lot to them because they just came together so perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's the my produ- that's the producer approach. But then that's like the life and fashion approach. Is um, everybody expresses themselves differently, man? So it's not to be like don't obviously be who you try to be. Be you, right? Um, but I'm just, I, I personally, that's how I represent, like, what my brand's all about. But at the same time, it's so simple that it's versatile, if that makes any yeah. sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, this. here's this simple foundation with a statement I want, I hopefully, that you wear. And you can't, technically, it's like, I don't want you to wear this if you're not really trying. Not I don't want you, but, like... It almost feels like you're writing down, like, I'm rocking this. I can't be a hypocrite. Tell them. Exactly. But you're not even trying to be in people's face. It's just like a friendly, hey, just want to let you know, like, be who you strive to be. Like, don't let anything else shift your morals, what you're about, and make that happen as you as a human. Because we got one life, man. Got one life. The Nips, in the words of Nipsey Hussle, man, it's like his whole thing was, I'm going to give everything I got in this because we're not we're not going to be here one day mm-hmm. so why the why the frick am I going to go 50% because we're so we got all this energy built up in us dude mm-hmm. it's there right. the people have shut that down because of this give them something they're excited about and they're they're different That's right. you know what I mean right. and some people are in that world where they're trying to they're, they're in something where they're trying to figure that out but Man, just that's what it is. And I, I was just telling Austin the other day, man, You got I got high school athletes. I come to track after teaching, and then I'm up at 6 or whatever with, like, the D guys in the morning doing training or whatever. 
and some of my chat one of my chat girls is like how like they're like gorilla like you're just hyped like you're just always and it's and it's not this like i'm trying to act hyped to yeah. be guy, this yeah. guy that's hyped right you just are you know yeah. because and i said you know my answer to that is i'm excited to be here and be with you guys you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you look, I'm not going into this desk job that I hate, and I know people in this position, man, and they're struggling. And they're at this point, I think, because of what happened, what got them to this point. I would say lack of action, not having a sense of what it feels like to like work in these roles that, again, weren't big roles, right? Working at Canes or doing something that doing mowing lawns you know what I mean? like mowing a lawn you know what i mean when they're probably in those mental stages that you talked about too it's like yeah that one they're not taking actions and two they're in this desk job that is like safe for them you know yeah so like they're, they're in this cage and it's easier to be yeah. in this cage than to try and break out of it there's a there's a de- there's two worlds of a desk job where you're comfortable you got make you're making good money right i think and again but then there's a desk somebody might love the desk job right. if you love your desk job do the desk job and technically, running the clothing brand is almost a desk job because you're creating and you're doing all this stuff, right? So it's partly a desk job, but I try not to be sitting, right? Or creating music. That's different, you know? Um, but then the mental cage thing, man. I know people that feel mentally paralyzed. That's where they're at. So they're in this position where they've made it. They've gone to high school, college, whatever. They've been successful. They've enjoyed their whole process, right? They've had, they got great friends, great family, right? And now they're at this place in there in these jobs and they're going like well they just they needed to get a job out of college so they can pay the bills and now they're just kind of there it's either in relation to what they majored in or not and then they're going so they get to these jobs and they go well now what's next because they don't there was it's i don't know if there wasn't a process of like a vision they saw for themselves but that's where it starts right when i was a junior i said i'm gonna be a basketball trainer like that was the vision now they were taking action but like some of these people I think they graduate and they don't their vision I know for a freaking fact their vision was not like I'm gonna go get on the phones here or I'm gonna go work administration here right or like some things are entry level and you gotta work up that's different but I don't think that was a vision so what's the vision some people don't maybe know that's the thing they go I don't know what my vision is and I don't know what to do a lot of people don't know we we talked about this yesterday is like even if they go in with this vision, like if they're doing something they don't enjoy, that vision slowly just chipped away yeah. until they get yeah. to a point to where, again, they have no vision. Like yeah. by the time they're 30 years into this job, they look back yeah. on what they want to look back on as a successful career. And they yeah. look back and they're like, dude, this is yeah. not what I wanted to do. This is not what I wrote down. It's who I want to become. And yeah. They don't realize it, but slowly every single day it's taken over, taken over, taken yeah. over. And then they get to a point in their life, they're like, shit where am i now yeah and i know i think a lot of people go well shoot where do i start but then they never even start and they just kind of because they're so they don't even know and that's and i think it's so once you you, i think once you start it's you'll feel it and it's yeah yeah yeah. and that's like something i'm very passionate about is like trying to get people to start because i know like what it feels like when you don't you don't have that vision you don't know where you're going and you just need somebody somebody needs to be there in your life to yeah. be like show maybe a little light give yeah. a little momentum give a little ground to stand on give something that this person needs to be like 
all right, I see it, I feel it, yeah. I know where this can take me. Yep. Exactly, and man. Then, then you can take over yourself, and it goes, and, and I, it's so powerful. And everybody yeah. has the ability to help another person do that. And I yeah. just, I just think more people need to hear it. More people need to see it, and just like realize they have the potential in themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an it's a massive world right now of self doubt and um, complacency. I've talked about it before, man. Complacency. I said I talked about it in standout, but complacency is. Um, it's it's like the end all man you know i think it i think that if you see it in a light where it's like complacency mixed with fear um you can't let fear drive you i think for sure you can't, you can't the, let fear paralyze you exactly think no you exactly let fear drive you that's fear, right that's yeah. right that's right that's a better way better way to put that um but yeah and, and it's again some sort of action towards something if there's never even an attempt to try again back to the athletic point right mm -hmm. i show kids dribble two basketballs right mm -hmm. some kids are gonna be like i'm crazy i had like kindergartners do that i said grab get a partner grab and these parents are like she's about to try to make my kindergarten dribble two basketball and i'm like you gotta try shoot if you ever freaking try you're never gonna do it look at me like i'm nuts <laughs> and then these kids are like yeah you can't do the thing right and then, hey, give them a couple minutes. Wait, my brain's figuring this out. Okay. Why not get him to try it now, then be like, nah, he's not ready to like fourth grade. Nah, dude, tell yourself to do it now. You know what I mean? So like, again, it's all about trying. So like, if you're in a position where you're like, I feel stuck right now, I don't know what, I, I know people, man, I talk about, one of my best friends in this position right now. I know other people in it too. Again, I can't speak, and at the same time, I can't always speak for being in someone else's shoes because I haven't lived your life. So I can't just be like, dude, it's easy, do this. But at least, and again, I, and, and we talk about it too, it's like you kind of, you look back at where you got and you're just, or like where you're at now and you're like, how the heck did I even get here? Mm -hmm. You just start connecting all these dots and you're like, whoa, like this led to this, this led to this, without even realizing that. And now you're just like here. Um, but it, it's just like, dude, just something. How about if you hate your job today, wake up, let them know you're done in two weeks, right? Or while you're at that job, give yourself a little time. I don't know, maybe need some income, I don't know. Start researching maybe something you have a vision of or maybe you wanna like do a logo of something like. Make a plan. Yeah, just something. write something down or call somebody, dude. That's the biggest thing, man. Immediate resource um, and that's where everything is come to now right go you know, go to college go to st thomas right and then use the resource of the department this is like this is just my life example i that's why i'm trying to apply it but any everybody anything where i've got now has been some again that what a degree of separation very like what is it six degrees separation something like that yeah, everything is some is connected some way um and so that's the biggest thing man is but again, it takes action, and that's what it comes down to: is you just got to be taking action towards something with, um, with um, meaning and value behind it. I think so. So that, I think that's great. So that brings us to I think like now taking action, all those steps, yeah, it brings you to where you are now. Yeah. And so all I've just been going off on it. Yeah. What would be your fifteen? maybe take a minute and just think like or if you know right away what would be if you had 15 seconds to change someone's life 
Like, what would you? Yeah, what's your message? What's your like? Why somebody's listening? They're they're stuck in that life. They're they're not sure where they're going. They're looking for anything. Looking for any momentum to grab off of. TJ, you get him for 15 seconds. You get him in a room. You get Holy this. Crap, you get this bro. guy, and you, you get to connect to that kindergarten in him. What are you telling him for those 15 seconds to be like? This is what we're gonna do. This is what you need to focus on. This is your thing. Mm-hmm. You guys gonna time me? No. Okay. Um. I, I mean, it's and maybe it sounds corny, but I think what it comes down to is. You've heard it before, but if you don't, if you don't believe in yourself, no one, else, you can't depend on that. I've, you can't depend on other people for where you want to go in a way. Mm-hmm. Good. You know what I mean? That's great. Um, and that's all gonna start in your head. If you have that vision of it, and you believe in yourself, then you go get after it. Get after it, and at the same, give a hundred cent. Um, it's all it's all about that's what it's all about man is oh. you can't you can't that's my whole that again I can't do everything I'm doing right now alone in the long run maybe I can't I don't know but I, I the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is for is to just do it for other people in a way um, I mean I the reason I took on the amount I've taken on isn't be because strictly like I just don't like other people it's just because I enjoy doing all of it doing all those things um, and I don't want to depend on other people when I feel like I can do it myself so that's I guess that's my biggest advice for somebody is, is or if I got that 15 seconds like look man like you you gotta switch the or switch the shift or shift the gear up there and say I can or flip the switch um, that I can do it I'm responsible Exactly. I'm responsible for what lies ahead. That's right. And if, you know what I'm saying? That's simple. You know what I'm saying? So Authentic. Simple. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and, again, that was a pretty tough question, too, because I say stuff to kids. You know, you run into these situations all the time. Oh, yeah. And we talk about the trying. We talk about I don't believe in themselves. But I would say that's what it comes down to. You're responsible, man, um, for your actions. And I think that's just something I've tried to live by. For sure is, and you don't know where that's going to come back around, how that's going to boost you, or how it's just going to come back around in a different life. So much, uh, man, there's just so much stuff that I'm in a position right now, career-related, music, friendships, relationships, people I know, where I'm just like, what? I'm looking back five, six years ago, and I'm like, never would have thought this would be the way it is right now you know what I mean so yeah and I think the other thing too is self responsibility right but people believe in you that almost wakes you up too when you already kind of touched on that but sometimes people you got people believing in you that you didn't um, like even know I guess in a way if that makes it like the what made me think of that was when I was in eighth grade, my basketball team at the end of the season bought me a keyboard. And at the time, again, just a keyboard so I could like make beats. 
at the time I literally walked and I, like I had no idea that was coming you know what I'm saying and we walked into my buddy's like little workout area and they had this keyboard like wrapped up and I guess for you man like but like I didn't I didn't expect that but that was their way of saying like dude you got something we're, we want to have like we want this this is for you because like we believe in like what you're doing man what you're about again that was like eighth grade man eighth grade that was before anything was even real but and that was the keyboard i was using when i was making beats before i just started to get a feel for it here but like that stuff you don't even realize it but that kind of guides you these these, these guide rails of people being like you're very good this is where you're gifted and i think that's where when we're trying to influence other people and we're trying to touch other people's lives is helping them get to that. You start breaking down, okay, what do you like to do, man? You like to draw or like, do you like to help people? You know what I mean? Like just be with people. Okay, let's start narrowing this down. Sure. Um, yeah, I love it, man. You know what I'm saying? The little guide rails, yeah. man. That was freaking awesome. So, this is so hard, bro. There's this just is... so much. Yeah, Everything so... stems, dude. You should make your own podcast. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I would never, I never talk, bro. Yes, I mean, or I never stop, but like, I just met with. Oh, I'll go to the last thing here. So yes, be who you strive to be is a clothing brand. But when I originally made Identity Athlete Academy, the big vision was to make. It's all about human development, man. As you can see, everything's all about how can we serve others. Right. From what we learned and get help them reach the vision and potential of what they see for themselves mm-hmm. get them out of those mental cages give them the resources to get there so the next phase of what i want be you strive to be to be is um like a growth and wellness program sure. so because i i was talking to this dance school lady that my sisters teach at be who you strive to be is like this let's say it's the top of the triangle, but everything else stems underneath that. Mm-hmm. It's what I try to stand by for the Got music, it. for the training, Got it. for the coaching. Um, yeah. That's the, that's the life. That's, that's the life, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I am all about walking the walk, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Walking the talk, all that. It's like, that's what it's all about. I, I don't want to create this and just be a hypocrite about it. And so it kind of was inspired by the life I live. I'm like, wait, if I can do this, if I can do this, if I can do this, and I like it, and I enjoy, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to just be one-dimensional. If you enjoy your one-dimensional, what you're doing, mm-hmm. like if you do accounting and you're freaking passionate about it, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. But that was what that was whole. That was what you tried to be sent from was, man, I'm making music, and again, a very confident, like, humble way. I'm not ever trying to be like, hey guys, check it out. I do all this. No. Yeah. I just found myself doing all of it. I woke up, I'm like, damn, like I'm doing, but it's all, but if it doesn't feel overwhelming or like I shouldn't, I, people are like, what are you gonna cut out, man? Like, when are you gonna cut one of these out? I'm like, no timetable, dude. Cause you know what I'm saying? Everything else is well, that's who you are right now. Like, exactly, it's like, wrong. but it's, a, they're all like, and we talk about they're cohesive. They're worlds that can all kind of blend. And when I'm gonna stop doing music when I'm done, when I'm have stop having fun, or maybe I have a family someday, and I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, but at this point in time, I'm still going. That's all that we got now. That's it. Okay. You know, so um, yeah, the, I guess the next vision for BU's try to be is make it into a growth and wellness program where um, 
we're helping these individuals. So whether it's like partnering with a dance school mm-hmm. or a school, that was kind of the vision was like turning into a space. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't give it all away, but basically it's just, um, yeah, developing a growth and wellness program for youth um, outside of athletics and really just giving them the resources and knowledge to be who they strive to be That's from like awesome. a confidence standpoint yeah. and then from like a resources standpoint. Seems like you're well on your way. So we'll see, man. We'll I'm, see. I, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I, I, I want to thank you, like, for being on and like talking about all this passion. Like the other day, um, you and I were vibing in the office yeah, for dude. like an hour and just like shooting ideas and just like I'm so excited to like see where it all takes off. And yeah. like we we were shooting. TG and I were talking in this office for like an hour, just talking, 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 shooting these ideas and shooting this energy back and forth. And uh, there, Anna was sitting in the office with us. And she left, and she's like, "You two are gonna like change everything." Like, like, like that, like the energy you two had, like it, like she's like she hadn't seen that before, you know. And like, mm-hmm. we was, so I'm so excited to just like see where this all goes, see I what you strive to be, and just like where it all finishes off. And yeah, I want I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it, it dude. Awesome, I really dude. I feel honored to be on anything like this, <laughs> and to like have people that wanna hear about the story man you know I I hope to just live it and use it as juice to fire people up and say man I can do that too you know what I mean so I again I just feel honored man and I I, as you know I get excited about it because it's fun to look back and reflect I love reflection I just think it's so important to have reflection and vision so reflection on the past and giving you that vision for kind of like man you know what i'm saying so i feel like super it's super cool man anytime i can like be of service or help in any way man um i'm there dude i just want to get the words out to people and the energy dude energy 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 man that's what life's all about dude it's it's in it's in us man yeah you gotta let the passion fly man people are afraid of that they don't know what they don't know what it's like yeah, dude. Just like what you said, Anna, not saying you guys have so much crazy energy. There's a lot of people. There's not a lot of people. But there's people out there that have that energy, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta find them. You gotta seek them. Mm-hmm. Well, in closing, we usually go through and tell where to follow. So, TG, you could go real quick and say yeah. your Insta, your oh, whatever, yeah. where people can find you. Yep. Well, Instagram's my main. I love Instagram. That's where you're gonna find. Um, the music, the basketball content. Um, I have a Be Who You Strive to Be page. page. Those are the brand page for that. Beautiful. Um, but you can get to that on my personal page as well at Thomas Gorilla. And my last name has two R's and two L's. The actual animal has just one R. <laughs> um, so that's my IG is the main thing. I mean, I have a Facebook and stuff, but for sure, IG. I have a YouTube as well where like all my video content is. So whether it's my comedy, whether it's the serious, inspirational, like motivational stuff, realistic, and then the music man. But IG, you can find me there. Um, and then yeah, be who you strive to be. Com. That's where you'll find any of the gear right now, um, video content. And then hopefully down the road here, something bigger than just a powerful statement on the chest, man. Hopefully something bigger than that. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And then sport, 
Yoakum Strength through following Instagram at Austin Yoakum, yoakumstrength.com, bands, programs, blogs. We can reach out and get in contact with Austin at yoakumstrength.com or through Instagram. Um, and then make sure to, if you need clothing, check out our buddy Ghost Fit, Josh Parks. Um, and then if you are in need of bands, resistance band training, our buddy Carter Schmitz and his dad run a band training company and they will provide you with an affordable price um, training bands, which if you know anything about training, bands are very, very expensive. And then finally, as I've said every single week, buy a flipping program. I mean, stop wasting your life, stop wasting your time. If you're fat and you're not happy with how you look, buy a program. If you're happy with how you look, but you want to look better, buy a program. So it's the best you're going to find. Um, I'm going to continue to harp on it. Yeah. Yoakum. Thank you for listening. Keep chopping wood. Be who you strive to be. Dope.